0: hello everybody how's it going and welcome back to the as always podcast episode 147 i'm your host james and i'm joined as always by tyler
1: as always how's it going my friend
0: going pretty well how you doing
1: yeah doing very well excited to be here it's nice and early in the morning got a coffee and just charging feeling great Ah,
0: fantastic that is great to Mm. hear um sorry that sounds super sarcastic
1: yeah, you always sound super <laughs> sarcastic yeah. when you talk to me. To be fair, every <laughs> time you ask me how am I doing, it's sort of I'm like, just like yeah, you don't it's more. Care. Like, I don't pretend. I got to get through the process
0: of like saying, you know, getting this intro of out of the way so we can talk properly.
1: Yeah, you don't want to talk to me. You want to talk to Matt. Yeah, that's, that's, that's true.
0: Yeah, and we are joined by Matty, a fellow content creator here on the YouTube.com, uh, as well as co host of the uh, Ham Radio Podcast and the Finding Duke over on Last Time Media. How's it going, Matthew? Welcome.
2: As always. <laughs> you yeah. that you were going to do it Yeah, that's exactly what you're supposed to do And, <laughs> and you're,
1: the, you're the first guest to do that And I appreciate it oh, And I right. want it to, be a, I want it to right. be a thing from now on Good, mm-hmm. good, good, um, I'm glad
2: See, I didn't know that going in I was just like, alright, we're going to make a fool of myself real quickly um, So, <laughs> yeah, cool, I'm good with this uh, Anyway, I appreciate both of you having me on I'm really excited about this It's very rare I get to guest Because I'm so used to, as you kind of alluded to With both the shows I host I'm setting all of it up so it's very rare that I get to just participate in the talk. I'm so busy directing the conversation. So I'm, I'm really pumped about this. Mm.
1: Yeah, it's a totally different vibe. So we've been wanting to have you on for ages. So uh, yeah, excited for you to be here finally. And um, there's a there's a lot of stuff to discuss and, um, you know, and a lot, I mean, a lot of our audience knows you. I feel like our, all our circles sort of connect. I mean, the, mm-hmm. our, your ed, one of your editors is the editor of this show. Um, as well as uh, Josh also edits for Robin Gaming. So there's a lot of connections there. and We've had um, Colin on the podcast a bunch of yep. times over the years. So all, all our sort of audience kind of knows each other, uh, overflows here and there. So it's um, mm. it just makes sense that you're here. So it's, it's great. It's great.
2: It is. Yeah, <laughs> it was funny. I was thinking about that earlier today, how we've created this sort of far-reaching circle um, between my channel carrick's channel who's my co-host for ham radio and defining duke and then um you guys hear it as always and, and for pillars we seem to overlap and then colin's audience with last stand like it's this just big conglomerate if you will and it's uh it's mm. awesome because it's it's it shows that um we have a like-minded audience and um makes you feel a little more welcome when you hop in that's for damn sure <laughs> yeah yeah definitely. yeah
1: absolutely i love it i love mm, it it's great Um, and before we get into any topics I obviously have to thank the great people over at patreon.com forward slash as always for making this show happen we wouldn't be here without you so if you like what you're listening to here and you want to hear more head over to patreon.com forward slash as always for just $1 a month you get exclusive access to objectively the best podcast on the internet the Clubhouse Podcast. there's over 100 exclusive episodes there to stream plus early access to the tournament show other cool perks and rewards early access videos and all that such so to thank our producers over at patreon.com forward slash as always we have a cereal bowl would make a better vessel. Alberic, Avery Dobbs, Clark, 53, Damien, Ferentino, Flash Paradox, Franco, Jesper Olsen, King Richard III, Real Kermit Cinema, Robbie, Ryan Hafer, Tristan Weaver, Viridian, and Ballsack, 47. Thank you. This <laughs> will be a down this one time. Do you like it? Maddie, I paused on purpose for this, for dramatic effect, because I was waiting for the reaction.
2: Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Wow, I did not expect that at all, man. I'm like nodding my head, because you guys can't see me, so I'm like, they'll get a kick out of this. I'm like going along with it, and I did not. Wow I was, I was gonna be like Hey some of these fun, These these usernames are funny I was gonna be my little comment But Wow holy shit Alright <laughs> what's, what's
1: James what's the one That gets Colin all the uh, time So we have like This is Our producer list is what we do At the start We have mm. a long Like the $5 tier list Is like our credits list At the end mm. I think it's Fat Fuck fat cock. That's the that's one, the one yeah. Colin gets him every time It's tremendous Everyone has a favourite yeah. He <laughs> knows it's coming and still gets him Oh yeah. That was good There's some <laughs> some good names there's a big period there maddie where every episode a bunch of people would change their names just to try to fuck with us and like break us just come up with the funniest possible <laughs> names to just make us read that's cruel um there's some good ones there's some good ones yeah that's we
2: got great. a uh we have a patron who uh goes by Mafat fat cock that's his name like but it's written out like an actual actual person's name i'm just like and so like you know at the end of our ham radio, we do patron questions and we'll just be like, oh my fat cock writes in. He's got this serious <laughs> question. We're like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, what, what are we gonna say? No, it's like, we're happy yeah. to have them.
1: Yeah, there's a yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of um you'll see some you'll see quite a tone throughout the credits list, like they are like, oh, they're into this sort of shit, right? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> like, yeah, there's there's definitely some um some odd people in our community, but um, we love them. Uh, And uh, just, you know, I wouldn't give him my home address. That's all I'm going to say. So it's, um, (laughs) but it's what it is. It's what it is. Um, but for, for those that may not know you, Maddie, do you want to give us a bit of a background of how you sort of got into content creation, where you started and, and sort of what you're doing at the moment?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this really all began. I I have a whole life story with this shit because it's really the only mm-hmm. job I've I've, I've technically had. You know, because you know, I've done landscaping and stuff. But um, really, when I was in second grade, so far back back at dates, you know, I my my parents always said, you know, go be a lawyer. You argue all the time. Like I always debate and all this shit. And so uh, I was like, okay, you know, I will. And then I said to one of my best friends' moms growing up, I was like, yeah, I would. If I could pick anything, I would play games for a living. And, you know, we got a good laugh out of that. Um, And then come eighth grade, I started making, like, skate bail montages, Call of Duty glitch videos. And that started to take off. And, you know, you get your first AdSense check in the mail, and you're like, hold up. Like, I can make some money off of this. So for a while, the goal was just to uh, see if this could propel into some form of income, not a job. Um, And I always had an adoration for Bethesda Game Studios games. It really, for me, the Kickstarter was – like a lot of people, Morrowind, but I was way too young to understand that. So it was really oblivion when I got my 360 that started all of that love. And um, I remember playing that and just being completely blown away um, and then going to Fallout 3 and despising it, which, if you know my content, is kind of funny now. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, as I started to just develop this adoration for Bethesda Game Studios games, um, Skyrim was next on my list. And I actually failed a class because I was so into following things happening with Skyrim. I'm not even saying that, like, give me, <laughs> give me a compliment, you know, because it was a dumb thing to do at the time. Uh, it worked out, fortunately, but, yeah, it was, like, we, we, we had this computer uh, software. Uh, it was kind of like a, a photo editing class. We, we go into Photoshop, and so I would just be in one of the back computers, and I'd just tab off, and I'd go on the Internet, and I'd look at previews for Skyrim and stuff. So when the game comes out, I started doing rare weapon armor guides all that stuff for Skyrim um and eventually that carries into Fallout 4 kind of builds up from there and um that's when I had my first real big burst and you know it was definitely like a weird bumpy road because I got so attached to Bethesda that I sort of lost clarity for a while on how to just I think be objective and and talk about gaming as I once did um and so over time I started to separate myself by diversifying my content so now I'm if you go look at my channel, you'll see like I'm, I'm an RPG guy. I do, I do a lot of Xbox stuff as well because of defining Duke. Um, overall, um, I cast a much wider net, um, but it was a pretty long build up to that. And I always thank my audience, I probably overthink them to the point where they're like, he's, he's full of shit. But, um, I really do. Th- <laughs> I do thank them a lot because, um, they gave me a chance to, to grow. You know, a lot of this all happened when I was like 17, 18. So I was immature and like, I was I'm not saying I'm super mature now, but because you know, I just laughed at a ball sack 47, or whatever, <laughs> you know, right? But uh, you know, I had the chance to 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 come into my own, to to develop my voice, to um, to become more critical, to get more opportunities, without really selling my soul or anything over it, and um, you know, I'm really proud of that. So. It was a long buildup. You know, I got called out by people and stuff because I was really just losing myself Uh, when it came to my video game coverage. You know, I was I was like I said, I was very much on the side of Bethesda on everything. And uh, from that point, I had that wake up call and I started saying, you know, there's things beyond Bethesda. I need to realize that because I play so many games, but I just don't talk about them on my channel. So I started throwing more RPGs in there. Most popular one right now would probably be Mass Effect uh, that I think people could relate to. And so, we've been doing a lot of that type of stuff and uh, expressing love for KOTOR, Dragon Age, you know, just BioWare was huge for me growing up. So, my channel sort of turned into this personal diary of just talking about things I'm really excited about and tracking games that I'm interested in. And um, sorry if I'm going on too long. Just it's there's there's so much there that. Mate,
1: go, go on. Tell us the uh, story. Yeah. All right.
2: <laughs> all right. So, there's just one last part to this then, um, which is. Now what I've launched is this thing called uh, Mr. Maddie Plays 2.0, which I hate the name, but I felt it was pretty accurate in um, what I was trying to do, which is now for the last, I'd say like since I got out of that phase of only Bethesda and diversifying and learning my lessons and just developing overall as a person, I'd say for the last like three, four years now, uh, I've done game news and discussions and reviews and I love doing that. It's like my favorite thing. Um, But I want to start creating more, I call it original content uh, based around games and stuff that has legacy. Uh, So I'm sure both of you can relate to this where when you do news, you do topical discussions. They're only as good as they are relevant for your channel. And so I was thinking to myself, you know, there, once again, it's that theme of, I love games. So how can I express that in a new way? Uh, So I went through my Patreon and I was like, here's this new launch. I'm bringing these new series. in. I did humanity's worst games where you just tear apart the worst of the worst and kind of laugh at it it's really good time it's let's play format and a lot of people really like it and then rpg time machine which is kind of fitting for what we do now just going back to old rpgs and uh diving into them on top of i launched a video called uh the life and death of sly cooper it's this uh this this kind of documentary style goofy skit ridden video on like one of the most important series for me growing up um just talking about how sony's Kind of abandon it and uh, what it was, and highlighting some of the things that make it special. Um, and so it's not as you know we we're, we're all in kind of this space that's very derivative. Like everyone does news, everyone does discussions, everyone does reviews, everyone has a podcast. And I was like, of course, I want to leave some type of legacy. So that's sort of my thought process now. Is I love doing what I do, and I want to establish that more and, and build up from there. So the, the 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 dream is really to just keep making that original content and having that be my main wheelhouse one day, you know, where I can take 3 days to make something. I don't have to, you know, I think while we're recording this, yeah, it's it's 5:50 for me as we're recording this. Yeah, <laughs> I just had a video go live. It's like I'm just like my channel's a machine, like it's just pumping out, you know, I take the time to make it and it's cuz of editors like Josh and Copy who help me out where I can do other things while content's being made. I can take my time recording and researching, but to be able to slow down and like take your time to make something special is like a really good feeling as a creator and it shows trust in your audience too so um that's kind of where I'm at right now it's a it was a long road but um I'm I'm really excited for the future as well
0: mm. that's I think that's yeah, a very I, relatable I, sort of uh at least for me anyway and probably for for all of so, us so like, it
2: sounds like James's story
0: yeah like just well, just like. starting out and just you kind of come into it by almost by accident you just do sort of what you love and then you realize like you want to branch out and you want to do more and like like you said leap like have more videos that have more of a legacy to them which is what i've been sort of aiming for more recently because you know like you said news videos don't have much of a lifespan um so yeah it's definitely a relatable uh journey to have um
2: yeah it's um it's uh, you you just end up developing your passion more is I think what happens you 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 start off and you're happy with where you are and and I think the difference is I see a lot of creators who just like stick with something for so long that they like burn out and then lash out I say like they go like I am changing everything and they just flip Mm -hmm. the script and it's completely different they lose their whole audience over it and it's like I'm not trying to even flip the script it's like I'm just trying to add more to what I do right it's that's kind of the idea like my vision is is sort of i have an audience right but like building a core audience that wants to watch what i do and so you kind of see those numbers climb when you do these like for me i'm known for rpg so like if i don't do something bethesda or bioware or cd project red related or xbox related the real test for the core audience is let me go outside the realm of what i typically do and who shows up and kind Mm -hmm. of expanding that audience there uh who i interact with the most not that i don't care about the rest but just like you wanna I wanna connect with as many people as possible. So that's kind of the real test is my content's like, how well did it do in two days? And now I have to look at it as how well is this gonna do in a month? And Yeah. It's that's really a different whole different way of, way of looking it at it. Hey. A really you know. different way of looking at it. And it and it's
1: the changing your audience from looking at you know are they watching for you or are they watching for what you're talking about yeah I a mean, very, very strange things. process and it's it's a strange process but you i'd rather have a smaller audience watching for me than a bigger audience watching for news because mm-hmm. the audience that's there for you are never gonna leave like they yep. will be loyal to you like it's ins- i can't believe how loyal people are that don't know you as, you know as a friend i know like right in real life. <laughs> it's crazy it's crazy that people, anything you do, like there's people out there that will follow yeah. and watch and love and support. It's yeah, you, and they're
2: fucking great. both of you have that. You know, you, you you guys are, I think, a really strong example of that where you, you just have these podcasts and this Four Pillars Network, and it's like, that's awesome, right? That's that's kind of it. You know, they, they, the people are following you to all your shows and all the stuff you guys do. I've noted there's a bond It's Assassin's Creed. Like, I'm learning about this. I, I love watching your guys' stuff because... <laughs> What I'm learning is and I know this is about to sound really stupid but I'm like there are Assassin's Creed YouTubers. I'm like what? Wow. <laughs> and people who look at it beyond like like Yeah. This will be a whole fucking topic I'm about to get into, man. But like Yeah,
1: you are, you've you've just opened the fucking chest. <laughs> yeah, I think we should uh,
0: cork it and just not even open, open it. Yeah. I don't want to talk about Assassin's Creed it will hurt me too much. <laughs>
1: no, it's, it's it's too late. What, this what, is why I have hate done?
0: podcast Tyler. You got to stop putting Assassin's Creed yeah. in the topics this.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. because <laughs> it's amazing cuz you, you guys and, and your community, you look at it from such an analytical level and like I think I would say I'm a fan of Assassin's Creed, but then I look at your content, I'm like, fuck am I? I was like, wow, I'm gonna
0: say objectively you're not actually um, Yeah, no, I'm
1: sure no, you're, you're I, probably more of a fan <laughs> than like me. And James to be fair I, I wouldn't even call it a Depends us fans, what you call, call a fan, like,
0: doesn't it? Where where do we define what yeah. fan means?
1: I'm, I mean I hate I hate it. yeah i think we're not fans never play one of the games again currently are we i'll continue to (laughs) to rip on it i'll continue for the rest of my days to talk shit about it
2: (laughs) (laughs) dude yeah i because i i look at the the, what i looked at was really that uh you'll you'll replay an assassin's creed game and i'm like wow i've never thought of that oh yeah ubisoft makes these really dense collectible polluted worlds where i i, I don't want to say i can only tolerate them once but i really think that's it like I, it's, so it's caused me to think about their games differently so i just inherently appreciate what you do but it's also made me go like holy shit <laughs> like i'm mm-hmm. really changing mm-hmm. how i feel about ubisoft games in a way um because i've been paying attention well, hope, to, uh,
1: hopefully it's not a positive thing hopefully it's changing for you know and you're like oh wow they make terrible games now so that's what I,
2: I mean hope that's the saying, thing though like i mean, I'll,
0: are like what we love about these games is a long gone like we're just living in the past at this point like
3: mm-hmm.
1: i only play the old games now that's all i'll ever play yeah. i'll play like the Ezio trilogy and that's it and then that i'll just and i find that so on. fascinating right
2: like i i, I really do and it, it's like i typically would just look at what <laughs> ubisoft's doing with um uh their their newest dlc drop or their not dlc drop sorry the microtransactions they're doing with the the mm-hmm. like Darby McDevitt was just like, what is this shit? And like, he was <laughs> yeah, man. like shocked by their, their new cosmetics. That's what I was, where I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And I, I look at something like that. And normally I just kind of not bat an eye, but now I see it and go, wow, what are they doing? You know, it's it, yeah. so yeah. you're successfully bringing attention to something that is a real problem. But I do think Ubisoft gets a really interesting pass, especially from creators, because they're very creator friendly, Or um, I still think they make enjoyable mm-hmm. games, I will say. But um, from what I've experienced, but They're
1: mostly creator friendly. It depends who the creators are. They've never liked us. Oh, yeah, I was gonna no. say
2: maybe I should have changed the words on that. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, They've ne-
1: they've never been a fan of us. No. Like, there's really? a couple of people oh, that are. No. Like Darby, I I called I'd call Darby a friend. And so mm. as with James, like there's, yeah, yeah. there's a few people. And I mean, Hey, there's definitely people behind the scenes that wouldn't admit publicly to liking us, but we know that they do, <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, you're not at Ubisoft, you're not allowed to like us really no, you're not unless allowed. you're high up enough. Like Darby was to be able to like us and get away with it anyway. So, you know,
2: Well, Dar- Darby seemed like the man, I don't know. I just got a good vibe from him when I was watching his, his interviews and whatnot, he seemed, he seemed he's to great. get it. He seemed to really get yeah, it. He's yeah. He's a good guy. I agree.
1: He got it enough to leave. Yeah, and he got it that much, and he's like, "I'm out. Hey, I'm dipping out. <laughs> well, I can't out. be here anymore." <laughs> that's why I thought.
2: <laughs> that's why I was still blown away when I saw him replying. I'm like, "Wait, he's not at Ubisoft anymore." I was like, "He's just like, yeah, I'm gone. So I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna dunk on this right now because I yeah. can. Yeah, I fucking love it. Yeah,
1: fuck yeah. Yeah, we we're big fans, big fans. But it's it's crazy. So what's what? I mean, I remember once on Twitter a few weeks ago, months ago, maybe." You said, Maddie, you can't wait to share your opinions on Assassin's Creed with James because it'll, like, I don't know, piss him off or something. So I want to know what's going on.
2: <laughs> so My heart is pounding. the reason I, I because I, I forgot what James was um, was getting angry about. Is that would that be the right term? Upset? Angry? Well, I mean, angry if, would be every, the right term. Um, furious, ev- yeah. Every day, something. There's something red new. in the yeah. face i think it was about valhalla i think you were replaying valhalla i was and yeah. you were talking about oh, God. how bad that ruined was. my it life was going fucking on Twitter disaster. every day
1: seeing him tweet out like screenshots and shit it's mm. like dude
2: this is ruining my day look this i have to share it game. with
0: everyone i have to it's it's affecting <laughs> me mentally. i had to do it yeah yeah you have
2: to, you have the right to express and of course inventing exactly. that yes. is important for coping like that that's what you need mm. um mm. it was just because it was interesting because i was wondering you're inviting me to your show, and I'm thinking, like, man, I have a video just titled Assassin's Creed Valhalla is one of the best in the series. Like, I played it, I reviewed it, completed it. I was like, hey, I really enjoyed that. And I was like, man, they're probably sick to their stomach. And, and so I wanted to dig a little deeper. Like, what is the temperature in this room on Assassin's Creed 3? <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I mean, do we, do we hate
1: we, it? Uh, uh, we, 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 I hated it yeah i hated it. hated
2: hated, hated like it. past tense do you like it now
1: uh, uh, oh i know i don't like it now i think it's bad but it's it's better it used to be our least favorite game in the yeah but oh then no made odyssey and now valhalla so valhalla <laughs> and odyssey I, I think are both significantly worse i'd rather i'd play saskry 3 any day of the week over that
2: yeah wow okay i, I yeah. yeah yeah i think once i got after sequence six of or what, what is it are they, they're called sequences back yeah yeah perfect um I thought after six, I thought that one was enjoyable because of the world space. Because what's the hook for you guys with Assassin's Creed? Is it, I'm sorry if this is like stuff that you've <laughs> answered on your show before. I just want to know uh, more know. about like what hooks you in. Because for me, it was always like the setting, the location. Yeah, yeah see this, uh, right.
0: This is this is a big point. This is a big talking point, right? It's something that um is, someone that's in and around the community and has an overlap with Assassin's Creed has talked about before. And I think this is where, you, where Ubisoft mm-hmm. went in a different direction to what sort of the hardcore fans play these games for, right? Is that they marketed it this way and they marketed the historical aspect. Like, you can meet these historical characters, come see the American Revolution, pirates and stuff like that. And so the general audience or like people that play games that then would play Assassin's Creed see Assassin's Creed as, oh, it's a history game. You get to play these different historical settings. But that was never really the core focus. It was always, the core focus was always on, yeah, what the Assassins versus Templars. And like, So the first game was... It wasn't even about the Third Crusade. It was just set there because that's where assassins existed in the real world. And then from that, they established that, oh, actually, where people think the assassins and Templars, like, war died in real history, it actually didn't in this fictional world. So the the games following that, where you go through, like, Italian Renaissance and everything, is showing what happened to that conflict as it went underground. And, like, the historical setting is great. It's a cool backdrop and everything. But it was never the focus. Mm. But people sort of get the wrong idea that assassin's creed's history game which it's not Mm -hmm. really um and that's where it changes for like for us so like people that played like the first one the second one brotherhood and everything and just sort of went through there and they sort you can like you start to see the shift in where ubisoft were like oh we can really sell this game to the mainstream if we focus on history rather than on the story the assassins the templars and this core element of like social Mm stuff and stuff Um, And I get why they did it because it makes them more money. But then for people like us, it's just like a huge disappointment. It's interesting that you say Yeah,
1: because why, I guess just to add to what you're saying, James, is why, if you're asking, why do I, what do I look for in Assassin's Creed? It's like, when I love the historical settings. It's a cool thing that we can change historical settings. But the question, or the thing I want to see when I see that historical settings is, okay, so we're going to, you know, um, Viking era England. I wonder what it was like to be an assassin during that time. Is the only question I want answered from that game. Like, right. what did the how mm-hmm. did the assassins operate during that time? What was the conflict with the Templars like at that time? And and how does that weave into the real history? That's what I want to see. I don't care about anything else with the historical setting, mm. other than how did assassins need to operate both in terms of um, assassinations, using like social stealth. How do they interact in the environment? How are they seen by the world? Were they known? Were they underground? Those are, you know, different, different questions. And especially like, you know, in, in Viking era England, there were no, the assassins weren't in real history. They didn't exist yet. Gotcha. Or, you know, they didn't exist yet. So, it was, you know, right before the third crusade is around the time, the 11th century is when the real um, assassins existed. And that's when the first game set. So that's why it all sort of makes sense um, that they were, you know, in a big castle because they actually were, they actually controlled different castles all throughout Persia and Syria. But and, and then the like the games managed to weave that real history in, um, uh, into there and then, yeah, like James said, the what happened afterwards when the real life assassins in history died out. What if they didn't, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that changes all that. All that made the the Etcher trilogy really exciting is like, oh, how do they operate now? And then you go into Assassin's Creed Three, and that was the first game where it was like. This is not about assassins versus templars. Yeah, and that's what they're literally you. trying to make it an American revolution. And that's what game. I find that's the interesting. First time right? they did about
0: uh, what you said, mate, is that you found that Assassin's Creed 3 was really enjoyable after sequence six, whereas for me it was the opposite. It was be- everything before oh, sequence six the is the best part so of the game oh, because it's okay. all focused yeah. on you it. get to yeah. see you know what are the what are the templars doing in this period he answers all of those questions it's very linear so it doesn't focus too much on you know bullshit collectibles or go here do this yeah. it's a lot of very heavy story stuff that answers a bunch of really cool philosophical questions about like this law that we were very invested in then after that point it goes mm-hmm. now be connor and don't understand anything about the assassins just go kill people <laughs> and meet historical characters and fight in big battles and it's like well i don't care about that but it's not why i play these games yeah. and that's why it was a huge disappointment yeah. to me personally i think so yeah gotcha. so- and it was just kind of like a slow descent of like Ubisoft deciding to focus on something else, or people could say it was a slow, like you know, rise because people prefer the <laughs> historical aspects. But,
1: and and thankfully, Darby wrote Assassin's Creed for Black Flag. So, though Ubisoft were trying to focus on the historical settings and it's a pirate game, um, what Darby managed to weave in was he wrote something that never been written before, which is an Assassin's Creed storyline that does focus on the philosophy. But from the perspective of someone that's not an assassin for the first time, but he becomes an assassin at the end and what and he has to learn like um, the value of the creed because he meets assassins early on and then he's like, Yeah, but I'm a pirate, fuck you guys, but then he <laughs> loses everything with through like all this greed. Um, he, he learns humility and the value that the Assassin's Creed actually has and then in the end joins them, um, and that saves him and, and redeems him. Yeah, uh, uh, as a person so that's great like a, a way to take the historical setting and actually weave in the assassin's philosophy in a different way okay. you can't keep doing that like that was a great one-off story but then they try to you can't repeat that storyline just so you can focus on the historical settings because Valhalla is that story but then the character goes at the end oh no I don't want to be a, an assassin or a hidden one that's <laughs> stupid I'm all good for glory and I'm like yeah. well how about go fuck yourself and this is the worst <laughs> thing I've ever played and I've was- wasted 100 hours of my life but also what I what I hate now about Assassin's Creed is all I want I would play an Assassin's Creed game if the story was 20 hours long and I could platinum in 50 not the main game is 100 hours long forcefully mm-hmm. and then it takes 200 hours to platinum I would rather end my life than play that like what a waste of my time like it's just ridiculously long now plus they're, yeah. they're worthless games as well so there's all those things
2: yeah they definitely like shifted their focus that much as a parent and it's funny because as time went on i would appreciate a game like rogue more rogue i didn't give a glowing review when i first played it because i think i was just sort of in this loop with assassin's creed games at the time and i imagine a lot of fans were um but rogue was nice to go back to because it's like you're playing as the templar and i don't know if um both of you share that same opinion but For me, it felt almost like a breath of fresh air after uh, Origins, which to me just seemed to be very indecisive in a couple of ways. Um, Mm. That we got something like Odyssey, which tried RPG elements, which was definitely, by the way, I should say, even though I enjoy it, not really super fitting. But I was kind of, as an RPG fan, giddy about the idea of – what I used to jokingly call, like, history of the game. That's what I called them. And I wouldn't say that was a compliment, but I'd just be like, history of the game as a role-playing game. Um, And I thought that was compelling, but I think both of you make really great points on – it would be awesome to see them kind of go back, go back to their roots and try something like that. But what's unfortunate is, I'm sure you both already mentioned, is that uh, with uh, Valhalla being, like, an extremely high-selling game, I think, Mm -hmm. like, one of the best in the series or the best – it's really hard to imagine them pivoting now at this point in time. Yeah, they weren't. Um, oh, no, I've given up.
1: No. We've spent years and years and years of people telling me, yeah, but what if they fix it? What if they fix it? And it's at that point now that after I play Valhalla, I said I'm, I'm never... I I'm, And I mean this, I will never play a, an Assassin's Creed game again that's new. I'll continue to play my favourites, the old ones. Wow. Um, but I'll never buy it or play... Well, I haven't paid for Assassin's Creed in fucking years. But, like, <laughs> you know, I'll never play a new game again. In fact, I actually... I. For the way Ubisoft run their business and the the behind the scenes stuff, like I haven't said this publicly, but I no, I never want to work with them again. Mm. Like I don't, I have no interest in ever working, receiving a code from them. I don't want anything from them ever again. I don't want to give them money. I don't want to uh, you know advertise their games in a positive way. I don't want to uh, you know I don't want to work with them. I think their company's um, been run abysmally um, behind the scenes. As long as Eve Gima is the CEO, I don't want to work with them. Um, You know, because I think he's a scumbag piece of shit, and he's denied knowing anything about the awful workplace environments he's created all over the globe, in European studios, in North American studios, um, and then also they've just got scummy practices as well with their microtransactions and the games they design. So I'm sure there's plenty of amazing people that work there, but as long as Yves Gimmo's is the CEO, I have no interest in ever working with them again, or playing their games yeah
0: i would so. i would say the same but they've already said they don't want to work with me ever again and that was five years ago so i don't really yeah, need to worry about that
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that's true that's true but um that it's it's yeah well i've just accepted the fact also after the that i'm like oh they'll not only do i know they'll never make a game i want them to make i don't even have a game anymore i want them to make i don't even care enough anymore like I, gotcha. what's my perfect game i don't have it anymore it's got it's died it's 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 died but what i can do is play the great old games that i love and i'll always you know be able to enjoy that so i get know. that
2: i felt that a little bit after fallout 76 you know because fallout 4 sort of i love fallout 4 but it definitely as you dug deeper you realize hey there's some pretty big glaring omissions here that are typically in a fallout game you know like Mm. role playing choice and consequence just stuff like that um and then 76 comes out and it's this broken like more broken than anything i've ever seen from bethesda i know people before that were like bug Thesda, these games are busted i don't i like even in my most fanboy state like i did not say it to defend them i just did not experience this this slew of bugs that people were talking about i'd see them from time to time but nothing like game disrupting breaking things. I just didn't really have that. Um, but with 76 to me, that was the most like publicly blatant broken piece of crap. And I remember after that, I was just like, man, you know, like this is, it was another kicker for me not to go back to my own personal story. That was another kicker for me to be like, I got to keep diversifying. Cause Bethesda just like, they're fucking up. And I was thinking to myself, yeah. like, do I even want to work with these people? Like they just put, they took like one of my favorite franchises growing up from high school, and and just literally took a shit on it man like i don't know how else to put it they they literally just crapped the game Mm -hmm. out and it wasn't working it's better now like i recommend to people you know hey give 76 a look because it has improved a lot um they've put a lot of quality updates into it and if you're open to a fallout online game you might enjoy it but it doesn't change that when they launched it like i had that similar feeling of like i don't know if i want to work on anything bethesda related for some time and i didn't I didn't make Bethesda videos for a while I do the occasional news update but it was pretty scarce until E3 where they were like we're doing Starfield and I was like okay like at least now I know they're single-player shit and they hadn't fallen so far off the beaten path um but yeah like I said I, I totally get where you're both coming from with Ubisoft
3: mm.
1: yeah well well something said so interesting there I've <clears throat> never heard anyone other than myself say I'd like Fallout 4. Because I oh. really liked it too. All right, I enjoyed let's go. Fallout 4. Yeah, yeah I, I enjoyed fan, Fallout 4. there you 4. go. Whereas James I mean, was I, like, I, I no, how do you like it? But I was like, I thought it was like, like you said, there's definitely omissions. And what the biggest omission for me was like the content in the game, like how much content was there. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. you you know, you finish the main story. I'm like, but are there other stories I can sort of experience in the world? No? Okay. That was yeah. the only sort of disappointment. Yeah. But for what it was, 100%. like, I, I enjoyed exploring the world. I enjoyed sort of building, you know, um, the settlement and the cast of characters you met in the story, and I enjoyed the story. It was, your of, you first, know, what it was. Though, it, right? it was your first Fallout game. I uh, I played Fallout Three a bit, but I hadn't finished it because okay. like, I was very late to the game. So that's it was, not it to was devalue
2: your opinion. It definitely, I think, is a difference maker. I've I've noticed that a lot of people who like I don't not that you do, by the way, but like who <laughs> adore Fallout Four, they're like it's fucking amazing, best Fallout. Like I don't get it. It's typically their first and not that if you go and play three now you'll be i get it now oh yeah it does fallout 4 sucks i just think that it's it's what's different about fallout is i made a whole video about it saying like what do people expect when you've had like black isle studios they made fallout one and two which are these isometric rpgs and you got bethesda game studios who makes fallout 3 it's this first person third person shooter in an open world then you got obsidian who had a lot of the original minds from black isle working on new vegas which is like this kind of hybrid of the old and new and you've got full four which is this more action-oriented game like they're all completely different takes and it's like of course you're gonna have this super divided and diverse fan base who like everyone likes a different one and for a while it was this really it was toxic it was super super toxic like if you did not like new vegas you were an asshole so anytime I, i i like it took a lot for me to come out and say like Hey, I like Fallout 3 more than New Vegas. Like, I do. I do too. Um, Not because New Vegas is bad, but yeah, a lot of people were like, you don't know Fallout then. You shouldn't be in this community. Like, it was. Yeah, people do get mad at that. Major (laughs) gatekeeping was going on, man. It was bad. And it was really tough to be a part of um, for for some time. You know, like I said, I know I made my mistakes when I was in the community. Very, like, I was deeply submersed in it. Um, Where now I'm a part of things, I'd say, but not as, like, deep. But, man, it was. Yeah, it was it was really tough <laughs> um because just the taste of a fallout game is so different for everyone but no one understood mm. i felt you know why that was the case yeah yeah that makes oh, a lot of so sense there's
0: a lot of similarities there between uh, F- fallout and what that what bethesda have done with it and then like ubisoft and assassin's creed i feel like segregating yeah. off these different groups of people that like these franchises for different things because they just sort of change things that's quite interesting i've never really thought about it like that before well yeah uh, because now we don't
2: don't know if fallout's always going to be online like no one knows we really don't yeah yeah. we have no idea what the next game's gonna be like
1: you've got two companies that rather that used to try to trailblaze and define their own franchises like before assassin's creed there wasn't really an assassin's creed you know what i mean and then ubisoft found this formula with it and then made all of their games like follow the sandbox style and open world style of assassin's creed but then they're like oh the witcher Three is doing well harazza is doing well we're just going to make all our games like that rather than trying to make their own shit. they're copying mm. everyone else and bethesda have done the same thing with fallout 76 they're like oh what's the trends now let's just make our games like that rather than making our uh, defining our own franchises like fallout the elder scrolls the way we made them we're going to follow make them like everyone else it's like why why yeah. are these companies trying to follow the trends rather than it's okay to be different. Like, I don't understand why there's room for everyone. Especially, they're, they're the like
2: ones nah. with money, man. Like, they should be the ones who can say, like, let's be different, take a risk, and if we fail, we'll be all right. Ubisoft mm. seems in a little less comfortable position than Bethesda now, based off the earnings yeah, reports that so. popped up. But, you good. know, back to that. But yeah, because it's funny, you brought up how they use their open world template, and, like, I look at, uh, for me, I don't like Far Cry as much as Assassin's Creed. I like Assassin's Creed more than Far Cry. And I think part of it's because... It, Someone's someone's gonna get pissed at this, but I really feel like in a lot of instances, Far Cry just feels like an Assassin's Creed open world, but I can shoot in it instead. And yeah, pretty much. I, that's my biggest gripe with Ubisoft has, but it's why I like sing from the mountaintop that people should check out Mario and Rabbit's Kingdom Battle. I'm like, this shit is legit, man. Like this is an XCOM <laughs> Mario game, and it came from fucking Ubisoft and Nintendo, like a collaboration that makes no sense. But that game was incredible, and it was different. Like there was it was different from top to bottom, and you look at everything else that they've been doing, like a lot of people um, ha- hated on my, my review of Immortals Phoenix rising. Cause I was just like, it didn't do enough to feel like a new IP. It was literally like your Ubisoft open world template with a cool art style. Mm. And other than that, like it had, it had like more charm, I guess in its storytelling, but it still felt like a, a clear Ubisoft game. And I explained in my review, like they didn't do enough to define a brand new IP, like new IP should do. And it was well-received. I shouldn't act like it was completely dragged, but there were a lot of people who were like, you're the outlier, you know that? I'm like, yes, <laughs> that's what a good reviewer does. Like, I don't care if I'm the outlier, man. Like, I'm going to yeah. tell you my thoughts on the game, but I don't know if have you guys ever had a chance to poke around immortals. Like, is that... A different I'm case never for you gonna play it. Right? It's made by the same people that made no, Odyssey, no. and I've I've vowed to never play oh, okay. a game made by that fucking studio. Okay. They they,
0: they made the fucking I hate Odyssey so much, um. So there's no chance. But it also doesn't look like a game that appeals to me. Like I think I've realized recently, like in the past few years, like I just don't think Ubisoft make games for me anymore. Like whereas they used mm-hmm. to, I just think like their new formula exists, and that's they they put that into every game, and it's just it's clearly just not for me. I clearly just enjoy gotcha. other games now. So, um. Yeah, that's, that's probably where well, I'm
1: at. Well, yeah, I'm just not going to play anything made by Ubisoft now. <laughs>
3: not even Watch Dogs Legion,
0: Tyler. Right. I think be really excited No, about. sure.
1: De- well, definitely not. I don't care what they make. I have no interest in playing anything by Ubisoft, not even just Assassin's Creed. Anything Ubisoft put out. I just don't want to do... Yeah, I just don't want to do business with them. Like, like I just mm-hmm. think the more time goes on... Like, it's been almost a year, James, since... All um, the the stories came out about the workplace environment with sexual harassment, sexual assault, um, and and like just misconduct with so many people within Ubisoft, all around the world and so many different studios. Yeah, the and statistic they did was an, one fourth
0: uh, th- of all studios, uh, like one fourth of all studios, people working there believe they have seen or experienced workplace misconduct, which is fourteen thousand people. Um,
1: yeah, so wild. that's. that's so so when you talk about that and then you've got a CEO that denies knowing it, either he's an incompetent piece of shit and needs to lose his job or he's a fucking liar and bred that work environment, in which case he needs to lose his job. So as long as he's most working there and they haven't come out with their internal investigation, no, there's been no results um, that have been publicly noted. Um, and they at the beginning of their US Ford event, they refused to address the fucking like what was going on yeah. they made a side video and it's said a classic we, oh, just Ubisoft by the way,
0: excuse to like that, oh it was yeah. too late for us to mention it we couldn't couldn't do it it's like it's a fucking it's literally it's a video oh You're yeah are a video yeah. you just put yeah. it in it's I like five that. days before the event as well it's like what, are you doing? what the fuck are you doing um, yeah. but yeah it's again just fucking yeah, it's, lies it's the same as like oh women are too hard to animate bullshit like what the fuck are you talking yeah. about
1: Ubisoft yeah it's, it's 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 yeah so I just as I, it's a company that I, I just can't as, as a I don't give a fuck about making content and video games like as a man I cannot align myself with I can't gotcha. do business with them mm-hmm. yeah um, you know that's just that's just how I feel about it um and if people have a problem with that fuck you so you know what i mean like i, <laughs> I don't care it doesn't bother me at, at all yeah, um, yeah but, to and, me one of
2: the, um, the the more mind-boggling things that came out of that was like their kind of stagnation of new ideas by saying like cassandra like i don't know how you you both feel about cassandra as a character like i know you don't mm-hmm. like odyssey at all but yeah i thought cassandra was like a very enjoyable protagonist at bare minimum um and i liked mm-hmm. her a lot um, and it well, seemed like okay. the game was clearly made for her. Where, like I, I played around with, as Alexios in, in a couple of demos and, and previews of the game, and I was like, this guy sucks. Like, I don't know how else to say it. Like, he's just not interesting at all. Um, Cassandra very much felt that way. And then you find out internally that they almost didn't put her in the game because like they didn't think it would help sell the game and shit, mm-hmm. and it ends up being like one of their biggest ones. And I'm just like why did these people have jobs? Like, like I think they canceled a King Arthur game or something like that, or they rejected a pitch. They like, did, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. There are definitely some more internal issues and they do get a, a pass for sure. They, crazy they're easy. And I guess there's a, pass. a, there's a, like I talk about the, every company gets bumps of different kinds. Like Nintendo gets a very big bump. Like people should be tearing them apart. For Zelda Skyward Sword, like that shit's a fucking joke. When FPS boost and back combat exist, that they should be selling that for sixty bucks. That should not ever be happening. Mm. But yeah. Nintendo gets a bump for that. PlayStation love their exclusives. By the way, I know I host an Xbox show, but I don't care. PlayStation makes great exclusives, mm-hmm. but they get a bump. Days Gone would have been torn apart on any other platform, including Nintendo. Ubisoft. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just it's it's not even close. So. There are games like that, um, that, that get a bump or or just I think certain scores come out stronger. I, you know, and, and so Xbox gets I think a little bit of the the charity bump where it's like they, you know, people expect them to always be giving, so they're very forgiving when they do stuff like trying to double the price of live. And I'm like, that was oh, that was ridiculous. Like yikes. why did they yeah. even attempt that? There was clearly yeah. something to happen internally. Like you look at I think it was a calculated emails. move. I think they did it on
0: purpose. I would argue that's possible, knowing it will backfire, <laughs> so they could retract yeah. it, and then everyone would be love them and be talking about Xbox, and they didn't actually have to Dude, do you anything.
2: Know, you can't help but think that way because when you look at an email with Phil Spencer in in August of 2020, he's talking to Tim Sweeney. It, it leaked through the, the Apple and Epic court case, and he's just like, um, "Yeah, we're going to try to do free to play for Xbox Live Gold," and then between that and when it leaked. You have that moment of them trying to raise the price. It's like, okay, what happened internally? Especially when you're the head of Xbox. Like, It's not just some guy. It's like Phil yeah, Spencer said that. Mm-hmm. Like, There's Spencer, yeah. something going on there. So, yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. But point being is like, all these companies get a, a bump where I feel like Ubisoft seems to get a pass um, mm-hmm. because their games do well. Like, So I think typically people look at them and go, well, what wrong are they but doing? They also,
1: but they also surround themselves where they find content creators content creators, and a lot of them, like, not all of them, there's there's mostly some great content creators, but they find a, a select few content creators that with all, all due respect, they're fucking yes-men and women, you know? They're, they're you will like, you know, shake their hand and be extra kind to them and give them a lot of shit and they'll defend them. And yeah. then they'll find an audience that'll, you know, then back that and defend them too. And there's, you know, I don't, I don't I'm not here to make fucking friends. I, I you know there's plenty of content creators out there that are fucking yes men uh, to Ubisoft and it's embarrassing to see. You know, and they have no critical thought to it at all. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I think every you know? community
2: has that for sure. I was I was uh, I'll call myself out. I was a Bethesda yes man for a while and the second I stopped being that and I kind of woke up smelled the roses Bethesda really distanced themselves from me. I was just like they they stopped inviting you me to events. They stopped working with me. You can't be
1: friends with companies, man. You want to be friends with your audience. That's that's the truth. Yeah, that's what you learn, right? That's what you learn.
2: I learned that in, like, 2016, 17, as I launched my Patreon and stuff. Like, what matters is the audience. And not that I didn't get that beforehand, but, I like, there's a moment where you think, like, the connections are the way to an audience that that you want to connect with when you realize it's just about the people watching and the time spent. And that that's the shit that always will forever matter. And... Mm. People can take away That's where I, the
1: loyalty I, I, comes
2: because like the, the idea is really just that like I kind of alluded to this, but I, I'll say it more clearly here in my trailer for my uh, 2.0 launch. I was just like, you know, I've lost access to so many different copies of games. I've had companies just ghost me. Um, I'm kind of done just waiting for opportunities. You know, I will take them if they're given to me because I think I make the most of them And my channel shown that when you give them to me, it does well. But if you're not going to, like, I'm going to find my own path. And that's through my audience because they will be the ones who lift me up. Not, not these corporations. Like they're, they never will. They never did mm-hmm. unless it benefited them somehow and made them look better. And, you know, that's just the notion of business. So I don't hold it against them. But yeah, I I, I get it entirely where um, the second, as someone who was a yes man, I stopped being that and <laughs> suddenly my emails were not getting responded to and shit. And you're like, all right, I'm done being a fool. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to reach out and ask for, for games and stuff. Like if you're not going to get back to me, I'll, I'll, I'll make my opinion and my work valuable enough that I will work independent of you and people will still come to me because yeah. they know yeah. that there's no influence here. And I think that's yeah, why exactly. you guys have a, a great show. And I think your opinion on now I'm sitting here, like I've never thought of Ubisoft in this way. Right? Like, I think that's the value, like, you know, the, the angle you bring the originality and um, just the, the, purity that may not be the right word because we're cursing like sailors but you know the yeah the, it's honest separation it's honesty yeah. it's yeah.
1: fucking we're, we're being real and that's and that's the thing and and you people people aren't fucking stupid and these companies think the audiences are stupid like there are stupid people but most people aren't and mm-hmm. when you're honest and like you're saying you, you felt like you were like a bethesda yes man and then when you stop that your audience knows when you stop that your audience sees when you're an honest person. And that's when, like, yeah, maybe you don't have as as big of a reach because you're not getting all this early access shit. But yeah. the people that you yeah. do reach are going to be extra loyal. They're the people that are going to actually pay you money on your Patreon. They're the people that are going to interact with you and go with you everywhere you go because they're like i've connected with this content creator i trust them that they're mm-hmm. being honest with me and they're not people know what a yes man is you know what i mean like they just do and it Dude, creates a different yeah. sort of loyalty with your audience um, when they know you're someone honest and that's all james and i have ever tried to be it's all and we only ever try to work with people our other friends the other four pillars and the other guys that work on a network or in our community the one thing we look for is where we're legitimately friends we're not four, the four pillars we're not four guys that are working together because we want to share each other's fucking clout and and, you know views we do want to do that we're genuinely we're genuinely friends right because we're fucking just real people being honest and want to have fun and want to have these Mm. discussions we're never gonna you know beat around the bush like if I have like we're we're trying to get Darby McDevitt on the podcast which we never could while he was working at Ubisoft because they wouldn't allow it Mm. Um, but now that he's he's not working with them you know we're going to we're going to try to get them on in the near future but I'm not going to sit here and pretend Valhalla was good, even though he wrote it. I love Derby. He knows I I love it, but I it's a fucking terrible game, and I'm going to sit there and talk to him about it in a genuine. <laughs> I'm not going to be like I uh, watch sit it. here and be just an extra asshole about it, but I'll sit and sit there and be like, like what were you doing? Like what you think? I mean, most of it wasn't his fault. Like it wasn't necessarily the writing necessarily. Yeah, or what was, I was in his say. Con- It wasn't in his control, right? Like mm. what I hate about the game is the game design and the back the creative decisions being made it's not like necessarily his writing long. you know yeah exactly like it's blo- over blood it's too long certain writing decisions i didn't like um but that's that's something i can talk to him about and i'm not going to shy away i'm not going to sit here and pretend anything else just to be his mate like we have just got to be real especially on a podcast especially to our audience i can't do that like that's not how it works mm-hmm. that's you know yeah it's, yeah it's, I, feel, it's, I mean it's dude what gotta that's do. the
2: nature of running i think uh an honest show and not that I want to suggest other shows are dishonest, but the way I look at it is like when I started ham radio podcast in 2014, um, that was something that when I began it, I reached out to Lone Vault Wanderer, he's now senior community manager at Bethesda in Australia. And, um, at the time he had a thousand subscribers on YouTube. I didn't care. I was like, this guy seems legit. He seems good at what he does. Like he doesn't have a spotlight. And I, I like him. Like that was it. It was the number one factor was I like this guy. He's awesome. So it was me him and one of my best friends in real life Noah and we started up this show and it ended up doing really well and it was because we were just half the time we wouldn't even talk about Bethesda stuff we were just like being immature you know we were like yeah. me and Noah were 18 so we're like cracking these stupid jokes Loan was I think <laughs> 21 Yeah. it was just it was just completely off the rails but to my point is that you know you you get value, you get rewarded with an audience that likes you for you and cares about your content when you're I think building in that way um because a lot of people put a, a lot of creators in our space like they they put this inherent value on like it's about the money you make um when I think the best currency you can make is just true loyalty like to me the feeling I don't want to sound too cheesy but it's true like it was it's been tough this last year or so for obvious reasons but one of them is because like at game conventions like the random happening upon someone who watches my content and like going face to face with someone who actually likes your stuff and can like quote your, your stuff and uh, wants to talk with you and interact with you. Like that is the power right there. Like that is the, that is the, the currency to me. It's like the ability to, you know, be funded by them through Patreon and then make something for them that I can then meet them and talk about. And a lot of my ideas for my work has been like, sourced from my community. You know, I did this, I mentioned life and death of Sly Cooper and people were like, Jack and Daxter, Dead Space, Bioshock. And I was like, these are great ideas. Like I have never once been, I've, I've never once had a company reward me more than my audience. Like, I don't know how else to put it. Like I've never mm-hmm. had one single time where um, I've had companies like pay me to, to, to play their game, um, which I've done on videos on my channel people can go look them up like destroy all humans wasteland three wasteland three happens to be a game i I fucking love so that just worked out really well i enjoyed uh destroy all humans but that stuff is great and you can make good money and you can kind of not have to worry about your performance and stuff but if you take that slow and steady organic growth through just making good shit just being a real person not being a bot not trying to like make friends with everyone i I say that all the time like that that is that is what is the key to to being i think a good creator because a lot of people are fake as fuck like i don't know how to say it a lot of people are super fucking fake and it's something that no one talks about in our industry because the people who do like like us you many of my friends like You'll note that we either get kicked to the side or people don't listen to us when we bring these things up. They don't get spread as easily. And I think it's because there's a degree of accountability there. I think I can, I can name instances where I've, I call it egoed. Like I've been fucking egoed because People don't want to give you the time of day unless there's something to gain from it. Um, but then they'll go on camera and they will act like your best fucking friend. And it's like, what? Like this is fucking weird, man. Um, so mm. I see it way too often. That's oh, so funny. That's
1: so funny. I, so funny. I love. I, I love that you're talking about this. Because I love that you're talking about this. I, I see it, so many people like
2: this. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. Is is it, if and if people have a problem with it, it's like it, you might be fake yourself. Like that's half the issue here. Is like you know, just there's not, everyone's got to be best friends, right? Like I like you guys. Like, I, I mean, I think we're having a good time here, but like, am I going to say you're my best friends now? It's like, no, I'm not, (laughs) I got to get to know you a little bit more than that. I mean, yeah, hopefully, but like (laughs) Carrick, when I started working with him, I wasn't sure if we were going to end up being good friends and we ended up podcasting for four years. Like I don't Mm. walk in with this, like when I flip on the camera and I'm working with someone, you know, I'll be nice to them. I'll be polite. But like if you end up being like a piece of shit behind the scenes, um, or you start treating me like ass or you start taking from my work. Like, I'm not going to be fake with you and, 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 and be your friend and act like it's all good yeah. because you're going to come onto my channel and you're going to give me more views or something like that. It's like, fuck off. Like, I don't want to associate with you. And this meant not the most business savvy move. And that's why this kind of cycle repeats for so many creators. They kind of just get tired and they leave. And so I choose to stay and try to bring awareness to that type of stuff when it pops up, mm. not to sound like a yeah. hero or anything.
1: No, no, I, I completely agree with you because, yeah, there there are so many of those people like there's, so, I mean, our mutual friend Colin, look where he came from. Look what happened to him, you
2: yeah,
1: know? Yeah. And you you want to talk about fake? The, what? It, where he came from was full of fake fucking people, and that's why he left, and that's why he's where he is, and he's surrounded himself with people like you that are real, you know? that It's, it's not about what you can do for him it's that it's actual genuine belief that he he sees in in people he works with and and i think you do the same thing and i i know we do the same thing mm-hmm. in, in the four pillars community we the people that we got onto our podcast network when we launched it this year that they're our friends like literally like i looked at like i just want people that i know are going to make good content that i would watch i don't care if they get two views it doesn't matter to me because i know that I just want to give an opportunity to these people that I know are real and I know can make good content. Mm. You know, I don't want to recruit these fake fucks. I don't want to be near... I can't, like... It freaks... In my real life, like you know not even in just the games industry you meet fake people all the time like it gives me that's the only time i get like anxiety is when i meet fucking fake people because i lose my mind i go crazy i'm like i can't like <laughs> i cut people out so fast in my life i'm like i can't be friends to them and like i just i won't yeah. be nice to them people mm-hmm. are like like you just met them you need to be nice to them and i'm like they're like my friend i'm like yeah but they're a fucking weird person like they're fucking <laughs> i don't buy their bullshit i, I can read it in between <laughs> the lines they're fucking fake as shit i'm not gonna be nice to them yeah. like they're yeah. fucking weird like, I just don't... And that shit freaks me the fuck out. Like, I can't be around that. Mm. It just scares the shit out of me. Like, because they're, cause they, like, poison people. And they'll ruin your life. Like, if you let them in, they'll ruin your life.
2: That's the thing, man. Is like, I've seen so many people just walk that path where the second they kind of get stranded or, or, or it just, like, something looks a little off, it's like no one's there to back them up. And mm. real friends, like, when you get caught... In a problem, not that that's something I anticipate, but I'm just saying the idea of like if there's a misunderstanding, if there's a a, a little issue somewhere, um, the support of people being like, no, like here's how I view it, and, and like not just dragging you is mm-hmm. pretty monumental. It's you brought up Colin. I think that's a good example of someone who is like getting dragged pretty hard, but over time, more people have spoken up and been like, hey, let's kind of pump the brakes on this real quick. That kind of added clarity, where it's not just one person defending themselves, is a lot. And when you ally yourselves with these, a lot of these people who like to attack and and just career end, um, suddenly when it's your turn, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. no one's there to back you up, man. And like you need your friends. Like that's the thing. You need your friends. So it's that's why I've always been very choosy with the people I associate with on this uh, on this site and. I, you, you know, people who watch me a lot will note, I don't guest on a lot of shows. I've guessed it on this one, Carrick's, uh, games and groceries. And I can really only think of those. Like I, I don't guest a lot because mm. it's not that number one, I don't get a shit ton of offers, but like, you know, as my schedule picks up and stuff, it's like, you got to pick and choose how many people you want to ha- be friends with. And time is time is the other luxury. Right. I, I meant to mention this when I was talking about patrons and, and, and people joining your community is like the biggest luxury of them all really is time. Like just people spending time with you and your stuff and learning about you and listening to you. That's that shit matters. And so, you know, like I could go on and on about that. But point being is like, for me, my luxury of time, it's like, I want to spend time with you too. Like point, to be completely honest like it's like you guys seem real you seem legit i like your stuff i like your takes of course um because i find it interesting because while we don't agree on maybe assassin's creed that was a fascinating conversation to me to like get that angle and be like i think about this series different now not like i hate it now but i'm like Mm. you know next assassin's creed that rolls around i'm gonna probably have a different take in my review of and look at it from a different lens because i never thought of it from that way and that's not a bad thing but people shy away from that and so everyone starts to sound the fucking same, and it's like, it's like beating your head against the wall, man. So I just—that's <laughs> why I'm very picky, and I, I value the relationships I create, and I do put trust in those who are out there because I feel like I've been given trust in turn. So that shit matters to me.
1: Yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah, yeah we're definitely I the same. Agree. Fuck yeah. Um, Let's go.
1: To 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 switch gears though, I've got a, I've got a lot of questions for you, Matty, um, oh because right. you're an ex you're an Xbox guy, like. <laughs> how did how, how did that happen like because i've i've been an ex i i jumped ship i'll be honest with you i've been an xbox guy for many 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 years last year i jumped ship mm-hmm. um i'm 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 a playstation guy now i just couldn't do it anymore the xbox has been <laughs> breaking my heart breaking my heart for too right. long i was like i grew up like fable halo obsessed um and i was always an Xbox defender. And then I just had to jump. I just had to jump after the PS4 generation, all those... questionable so loyalty. I'm,
2: I'm rethinking our relationship now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just,
1: I'm just like... Well, honestly, it was after... It was, hey, well, this is my thing. So I don't know how you feel about Halo, but Halo was tied with Kingdom Hearts, my favorite game franchise of all time.
2: Uh-huh. Uh, and then Halo Sorry 5 came that. out.
1: And there is no game I hate more <laughs> than Halo 5. In ever, of all time. Okay. My most hated game... Is Halo I think it's the worst thing that's ever. It's a terrorist attack. Yeah, I like, think it's Like that's bad. the level oh I'm bad. talking about. Of like, it, I feel like it was a, a direct assault on my soul. Like it's just that's how bad, Halo Five is to me. Like gotcha. it, I was like, there's something wrong here. So after that, and then the Halo Infinite demo, I was like, I'm done. I can't. I can't be here anymore. I can't, I've got to mm. jump. I've got to jump. I get that. Unless Fable can bring me back, but I just. What am I supposed to do when I turn on a PlayStation and there's God of War and Uncharted and The Last of of Us and Ghost of Tsushima and all this? I'm like, well. This makes me happy well i don't want to be in an abusive relationship anymore with xbox i'd rather be in a really yeah. like nice give and take relationship there's balance there's communication i feel like i'm heard you know what i mm-hmm. mean like mm-hmm. it's just it's just a healthier relationship and i just had to you know i had to get out of it but but, but for you you're an xbox guy why <laughs> this is <my> <laughs> question
2: <laughs> well that's the thing i always try to say is it's funny because i don't really think i'm an xbox guy like i i play my series x but my xbox one was like i I emphasize all the time on my channel I'm like that shit was dormant like it was a dust collector by definition it was i did (laughs) not turn that thing on outside of i can name the three games i played on it uh it was gears four it was recore and it was ori those are the three Mm -hmm. i played in like a whole gen and maybe i fired up a couple other times i'm just forgetting but like i barely used it i feel like now um what happened was really Xbox. For me, it's that they acquired every fucking company I like, that that I was invested in. Uh, so it makes sense. Bethesda, Obsidian were two companies I, I I love to follow. Mm. I like their games a lot. Like and I'm I'm not even just talking like Bethesda game studios with Fallout Three and all that stuff. Like Dishonored, Doom, Devil Within. Like I love those series, and now Xbox has all of those, and they've also mm. got Obsidian, who has some of the best writers in the industry, and they made the Outer Worlds, which I thought was fantastic, and they made KOTOR 2, which is one of my favorites of all time. Um, so really, if they got BioWare, I've just, I'd fucking pack my bags and just move into their HQ at that point, because it's like, you know, <laughs> Jesus Christ, you guys got literally everyone I give a shit about. Um, but for for me, it's really just that. That was the draw to them. Game Pass helps, of course. But I, honestly, I'm just like a a game fan. Like, I just I, – I played my PlayStation – all last generation. I really never switched over. I had no reason to. I'm sure Xbox has plenty of people who are like that, um, who just never touched their Xbox. And even that was what, as someone who was a day one adopter of the Xbox One, because I thought their launch games were good. I liked Dead Rising. You know, I, I loved Rise Sun a Like those games looked awesome. And I picked them up and enjoyed them. Um, but like before that, my 360, I used that a ton. Like I think many people did. And mm-hmm. I used my PS3 a lot. Like I've just noticed it's very rare i favor a console for a generation i just bounce back and forth but with the xbox one gen like that was that was a one-sided single console use like it's i was
1: there's a bully beatdown.
2: It, it really was it wasn't even close so with defining duke when we started it up it was just like hey they got these good companies they clearly have an interesting future people are warming up to them game pass looks great i think there's gonna be like me colin dustin We're talking and we were just kind of like hey this seems like a really good opportunity um to start up an xbox show in 2021 and it ended up working out really well um in the scheme of things um just because our our numbers have been really strong there's been a lot of we talked about that organic growth there's been a lot of interaction with the audience um it's actually something my girlfriend put me on to you know because every like every once in a blue moon i'll get caught up in the frustration of the number performance on youtube and one thing she's Mm -hmm. taught me that has helped a lot is uh not to go off topic i'll get back to the xbox thing in a sec (laughs) but one thing she pointed me to was like the interactions on a level of like look at your amount of comments in in contrast to your viewer count and they're pretty insane on anything i work on like i have a very vocal audience. And I love that because I love conversation. As you can tell, I don't shut up. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, you know, it it, starting that up and, and seeing the strong performance across the board for it was really nice. And so I think what's happened is a lot of people like our show back to Xbox because, um, I'm not like a, uh, I put this in quotes, like an Xbox guy. Like I just play games, and I have a vested interest, if you will, in Xbox because I like the game output that they and the companies they have acquired. um But I also I've spent a whole generation on PlayStation. So when you look around, there's a lot of like Xbox. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? You see a lot of Xbox fans doing this thing that I I said in the show was kind of weird, which was. This kind of, like, creation – I'm sure you've seen it online – like, this creation of PR material, but it's fan-made. Mm. Like, this is the best place to play games, and it shows their whole lineup, and it's like this PowerPoint slide presentation. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, it's a corporation, man. Like, come on. Like, yeah. Let's wake up here. <laughs> this is not good. It's not good. And so I, I say it all the time, and I don't think a lot of Xbox-centric creators, by the way. I like the podcasts that are in the Xbox community. I think they do a really good job, but there's a lot of Xbox creators – who I don't think approach things that way. And a lot of the fans in the community don't approach things that way. And I, I feel like because me and Carrick share that same take is why our show has been able to do so well, where we're not Xbox guys doing an Xbox show. And there's actually a weird appeal to that for people, mm. which is nice, but strangely enough, I have spent a ton of time using like the 360. at least like my original Xbox got some, got some good use, but outside of that, not really so much. I was PlayStation two GameCube, uh, and ps4 like those were kind of the it was those were kind of the one-sided times for me Mm.
3: yeah
2: yeah yeah Yeah,
1: what what's um your so i want okay so through xbox you talk about 360 that's like the peak generation of xbox what's your what's your stance and feelings on um two key franchises for microsoft uh fable and halo yeah. we'll talk about the past before we talk about what's coming so uh, <laughs> what what are your thoughts in the past of those two We you talk about RPGs you're a fan of RPGs are you a Fable fan
2: yeah yeah absolutely yeah I, I love Fable I like Fable 1 and 2 let me specify that um, yes I agree I yeah agree. Fable 3 mm-hmm. I like the co James James like doesn't know them, because he played but... Fable 3 first well, Fable 3 was my entry first. and I love Fable Syndrome. three. Syndrome oh. but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Go, I mean, going back it? and like playing Fable 1 and Fable 2 I love I love all three games and I like I okay. like that because I don't dislike Fable 3 I, look like, I could I've seen many videos criticising Fable 3 and I get it but it doesn't make me dislike the game which I mean I'm kind of thankful right. for but uh yeah no I love I love them all yeah. though
1: yeah whereas my first fable was fable one mm-hmm. and that's my favorite mm. fable. like i thought fable two was still really good I love fable One, but fable yeah. one is just like a fucking masterpiece of a game and so much nostalgia what what was your entry into the franchise
2: maddie well it's funny we all have a different starting point mine was two i started mm-hmm. off with fable two and i that's my favorite i love fable two Yeah, i just mm-hmm. i think because it was a the, the level of freedom it had, even though it wasn't like open world, of course. So there was like, it was confined, but the things that you could do and the the kind of hero villain meter and uh, just being able to romance whoever you want. Like there was just a level of freedom that I really never experienced in a game at that point in time. So playing it, I think I bought it used too. Like this was years after its release. Um, I want to say it was like 2012 uh, is when I picked it up for like 17 bucks and I was just blown away. Yeah, wow. Like th- there was just like so much... Diversity and, and choice in the game that I, I was like really caught off guard and so I ended up going back to Fable 1 I, I love that one uh, Fable 3 I also did I should specify I like it um, when I went and played it for the first time and it was co-op like that was during that I, you know during high school I went through like a co-op kick anything my friends and I could play online together multiplayer or whatever was like instantly appealing so I'm looking at it through those lens of, I enjoyed it back then in high school I don't know if I would like it as much now with certain tech errors that are in this game like the loading is pretty constant the reason i say that is because like growing up i loved i loved sonic 06 when i was a kid man i I mean that's like (laughs) the that's the pinnacle of like trash technology and i didn't realize how often the game loaded how often it skipped frames um and i know the frame rate thing isn't really much of an issue for fable three as far as i remember but the loading was so something i could probably easily have tolerated growing up i don't know if i have that willpower nowadays. Mm, but that's a good point. Overall fable, i'm a fan of that franchise and i'm i'm curious to see what playground's going to do with it. I i i Yeah. I normally wouldn't believe in that type of stuff like, you know, oh, they're going to switch complete genres from racing in open world to fantasy RPG, maybe in an open world. We'll see what they do. Um, <laughs> you know, you you look at something like that and i feel like it's questionable, but then Horizon is really what turned me around on that is seeing mm. them go from kill zone to that and it's like wow what a transformation i thought it came out really well so that mm-hmm. opened my mind to that and um, i'm looking forward to the future of fable now as for halo <laughs> oh okay i'm <laughs> yeah.
1: um, sorry you guys didn't just hear all those fucking kookabars, did you that was i did guy. i i was
2: <laughs> so what is so what is that what, what i did hear Kookaburra? that i thought that was like a coffee machine no, no,
1: that's a, it a, there's two kookaburras I didn't even outside, hear anything. outside my window. What are yeah, those? They've stopped now. Kookaburras—they're like um, our national bird. Um, I'll send you a Google. Hang on, I'll, how the fuck do you spell kookaburra? <laughs> yeah, no, I just tried to Google <laughs> it. Myself. do it because here we go. They're beautiful, beautiful birds. But that's oh. like again. Na- um, I'll send you. This is how you spell it. If you just Google image kookaburra. Oh, my God,
0: that name. I'm looking at one now. They're, they look so weird. A, Why do they look like all stumpy? It's got, it's, like, no neck.
1: Look at they're it. They're beautiful, beautiful. But they're savages, though. They'll fucking kill birds. Of yeah, course. Of course they're just, of it's course Australia. It's birds. That's how Dude, it's yeah. That's
2: That's, like, one of the few things that, like, is constantly circulating. I'm looking at this thing, man. This thing does look – it is an intimidating-looking bird.
1: It, it's a beautiful, beautiful bird. And they, so they sing. Kookaburras sing.
2: That's funny. And that, I that, really, that was them from nature australia.org.au Are kookaburras laughing or screaming? <laughs> <laughs> so it's the kookaburra laugh,
1: but like there's like I yeah I, I always assume everyone knows what a kookaburra is because it's like it's our national bird. It's um, yeah a native Australian bird. And I, uh, they're everywhere.
2: Hmm. I don't know, man. I <laughs> it's like a survival. It's like a game of surviving out there for you folks. I swear.
1: Oh, I don't know. It's it's fine. Like I mean, like because you grow up with it, you're just sort of like. I, I don't know, hardened to it. I guess is the word. Like
2: waking up to a big spider. Has that happened to you? Where you're like, oh, it's oh, a killer spider.
1: Uh, c- countless, countless, countless. Times. Oh, you're really
0: selling it, it to me, spider, Tyler. But, I really but, but, want to come but over like, now. This, but it's
1: just a
0: it's just a spider. Yeah, you say like, it's just you know a know spider, like, but that's you got to remember that's from your perspective and not my perspective, where it's not just a spider. <laughs> yeah, it's you're right. Okay, more than so that. so
1: my thing is like. The, the the spiders are gonna fucking come and bite you. And it's no not spiders about that. It's you. not like, about that ultra well, it's, like, just, it's yeah, in snakes, your living quarters, understand. man. I like, can yeah, but who can, whatever. I just let him go. I don't even do anything. What? Yeah, but like, to uh, let it
0: go, yeah. you've got to catch it first. You think I'm gonna fucking go anywhere near it?
1: No, 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 no. What I mean is like I don't even address it. Like I don't even. What do you mean? Like, you live with can,
0: spiders it. and you just think that's all right? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. That's insane! Wow. The, the, no, that's
1: it's, wow. yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not coming over. That's
0: it. Me. We're not having an yeah, Australian meetup. Like, it's not happening. How... I don't feel
1: like I don't feel like it's an issue. So if it's, if it's like a really big <laughs> huntsman, it's like because they're just because they're massive. Oh. I'm like, okay, I'll catch him. I'll catch him and then put them outside. Um, what? But no. Not poisonous, so huntsman's not poisonous. Oh god. Um, <clears throat> you just get like a like a little tub, put it over it put it outside it's fine like they're harmless uh, uh, Huntsman and spiders they're big beasts hairy beasts but they're, they're not venomous so they're they're fine um oh, but you, then you've got little lizards like little geckos that'll live in your house and they, they like kill spiders and insects anyway. so not, just when you've got geckos you, right. you know you don't really notice many. Insects
2: <laughs> so you just like ge- you'll be like chilling there. on your couch and it'll be like a gecko near the tv and you're like ah whatever oh
1: there'll be a gecko on the wall yeah that's is that I, to me that's so normal <laughs> so wow.
2: Like, that's wow that's why oh, that's like weird. i don't even i don't even they're bigger right like these Right. Oh,
1: geckos aren't that big geckos are quite small. They're probably like the longest like the they wouldn't even be as long as your hand or anything. Like oh, okay, they're probably okay. as as like maybe you're like cut a, cut off your fingers. Your hand your actual hand. Okay, like they're so probably like your palm. Good. Like that's probably how Long the geckos are, maybe sl- the biggest one to be slightly longer than that. They're just small little lizards. Mm. Um, they just climb on your walls and and they just eat like little insects, flies, spiders, things like that. So that you know I when you know you've got them. geckos, you know you probably don't have spiders because they're eating them. So it's like, all right, right. but um, why don't you close yeah, your fucking Yeah, I mean, windows? you just it's, stop laying shit it's, in your But you do, but they, they, yeah, but they, yeah, they just come through. They find a way. How? I don't know. To me, that's so normal. Like I don't even like think the fact you're asking me about this is weird because I'm like, oh yeah, right. I guess that is a thing. Um. Um. But yeah. It's just, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's most just, of you know,
2: us are are safe. You know, we're not threatened by the outdoors. But it's constantly. Not a threat.
1: None of it's <laughs> none of it's a threat though. Like a snake's a threat. Like a snake's a genuine threat. But you're not going to see that if the snakes in my house. Fuck me. Like that's like holy shit. Like, but it de- it depends. Like where I grew up, I lived next to a like a acreage, like a property, um, and like and I lived in like in 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 the country as well during a period and snakes then like you'll see a brown snake it's one of the most poisonous snakes in the world like like in your fucking house like that's scary shit like that's something that's happened them yeah that's happened Holy shit. like yeah 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 like there was like a, a small like it was a baby brown snake but the problem with the baby brown snake is they they are just as venomous as a as an adult brown snake and they don't know how to like um use their venom in the sense of like a brown snake knows i want to release this much venom because i know this will kill the prey that i'm attacking whereas a baby brown snake will just fucking inject you with more venom because they don't know that like that so oh if anything God. a baby brown snake can be even more scary especially when you've got like a dog and stuff because if it bites a dog it's over there's not a chance if uh. it bites me i'll go we've got anti-venom get the hospital that sort of shit but i mean i've never been bitten by it's a, such a rare fucking thing like it's just does it just doesn't happen like you think it would happen it's not a big threat it's not something i consider <laughs> when i go outside. You know my house. I don't think I'm going to see a snake. I live in a city, so. But spiders, I don't even stress about it. Like, like for example, like I always tell the story when I went over to England, um, and I was at James's house. The first night I was there, I was I was I was. It was tiny. It was not tiny. It was the tiniest fucking little little spider I've ever seen in my life. And like, so I go to I go to bed, and not five minutes after I've gone to bed, I get a knock on the door from Elva, James's girlfriend going, Tyler, there's a spider in our room <laughs> <laughs> And I go up there and James's like it's it's huge and I go in there, it's like the size of like my like the 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 point of my finger. And I was like, it's fucking the tiniest little thing in the seen. It was, a big, it was seen. a big
0: thick guy. Especially for over here. It's a big boy. I
1: guess I don't know what's big. like, Because I'll, I'll find mm. a spider that's the size of my fucking whole hand.
0: Yeah, see, that's oh, fucking God. You know what I mean?
1: So, like, oh, I don't God. know what you're talking about. No. When you say a big spider and it's the size of my, like, the if I point it I on can't. the desk of my finger, I'm like, that's not a big spider to me. So I literally just slapped the wall and killed it, like... You know, oh, you didn't like, even okay. like grab
2: a tissue. Maybe you just no, 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 no. Wow. I just hit the I bare wow. hand. Yeah. The what a man! Very but this is why board. spiders
1: don't. This is why spider. I've, I went on a rant. Someone a- animated this from a podcast years ago. Oh yeah, but It was yeah. like me going around of like, how can I be scared of of something that if I do that with my hand, every one, every spider's dead in the world. There's no spider that that wouldn't have killed. Like, why? How could that scare me? Like, I did, all you got to do is slap it with your hand, and that spider's now dead. Yeah. Like, Even uh, a tarantula every spider, You
2: think that little Slap would do that?
1: I, I'll slap the fuck Out of the tarantula Fuck that thing <laughs> You know what I mean Like <laughs> Fuck that thing Stupid fucking spider. <laughs> see, That takes like, guts I'd rather, oh. I'd rather not though Like I'd rather let it live And mm. like, get a piece of paper Get it to climb on the paper Take it outside You know what of I mean course. Like, I'd rather not kill it Yeah like if it's right in front of me And I sort of jump back I'm like oh shit There's spider there Then I'll kill it Like Yeah
2: see, I'd, I'd rather kill it If it so surprises it, you You defend yourself Yeah
1: yeah, you know, like it's just like don't fucking sneak up on me, mate. Like I'm not, that's natural snakes. Whereas a snake, I'm not dealing with that shit. Fuck that. I'm getting professional with that. Like snakes, I'm, I'm, I, I, I. Yeah, unless a snake's near my family or near my dog, I'm not going near it. Like that's the only circumstance where like I'll swallow my fear and like you know you get close. But other than that, I'm, I'm. I would say I'm afraid of snakes. I don't like it. Yeah, but anything yeah. else. It's fine. Like, kookaburras to me are more scary than a spider. Really? See, that's the thing, though.
0: That's the thing, though. For me, spiders, the fear doesn't come from if it can kill me. I'm just scared of spiders. It's irrational. It's it's a phobia of spiders that I have, which is why, like, I can't even look at pictures (laughs) of them. So it's not the actual spider. Well, I mean, it is, but you know what I mean? Like, it's not, I don't care if it's poisonous or not. It still scares the shit out of me. Whereas a snake yeah. would scare yeah. me, like I can look at pictures of snakes and they don't scare me. Obviously, obviously, if I was in the same room as a snake that could kill me, I'd be scared for normal reasons. But I'm not. It's not like a phobia of oh. snakes. Whereas with spiders, Dude, snakes yeah. used to scare the shit out
2: of me as a kid, man. They still do. But like when I was a kid, I I remember like someone had a gardener snake, man. Like this innocent thing. Like it'll never do anything to you. Like it it just couldn't. And we there. Like someone was holding it. And like I was locked in a car, like across the <sighs> lot. As in, like nah. I was in second grade, so I was like eight years old, just like hiding from it. I was like, oh, "God, <laughs> there's a snake out there!" I'm just like, bro. Yeah. Looking back. Yeah, on, it's... it's so bad.
1: No, no. I, I mean, I think the problem in Australia is you don't know when you see a snake whether it's a venomous one or not. Like at first, right? So like, if I saw a snake, in there like, the most of the snakes were keelback, which are very mildly venomous. Wouldn't would only bruise a human sort of thing. Like it would bruise you you know, some swelling, but you, it's no chance of killing you. Okay. And a green tree snake, which isn't venomous. Those are the main snakes around my house, so it's mostly fine, but then occasionally you see a brown snake, and that will kill a grown man. Like, that's oh. one of the most deadly snakes in the world. So, like, you just don't know when you see a snake what you've got to deal with, right? And, they're, and face away when you look at it, it takes you a minute to realize. And a green tree snake can be really green, but depending on the area, it can also have that hint of, like, greeny-brown. So mm. it, it can also take you a minute. You've got to get close, you don't want to get close. So you just see a snake, you fucking leg it. You know, you don't. Be <laughs> be, you don't want to be near it. It's just that's just how I operate because fuck that. But
0: see, that's mental. That that is a thing you have to consider. Yeah, yeah right? I just yeah. like
2: to walk out of my house and just you know live my life and yeah. not not worry about dying from a snake. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, I I don't. Yeah, I guess it depends where you live. If I was living. More outer, like I used to. I would definitely probably think about it. What it's time of the year as well. Winter, you're never thinking about it because they're they're cold-blooded reptiles. Gotcha. Um, can you guys hear the kookaburra now?
0: Oh, I can. Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's kookaburra. Beautiful. Um, wow, I love cockatoo. What a nice guy. They're such beautiful birds. That's that's like. I just like, that's such a, I feel at home when I hear it, you know what I mean? Like you go traveling and stuff and like just silence this in the singing of a kookaburra, like that's, and the, the laughter of a kookaburra, I should say. It's just like, it's such a beautiful thing to me. Like that's, mm. that's home. Yeah, that's oh, nice. I love it.
2: I'm glad you embrace the then, danger, man. It's good for you. Oh, I, it's just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's,
1: it's just what you use. It's just, it's not anything to me. It's just, it's just what you're yeah. used to. Gotcha. so like yes spiders you've just got to learn to live with you can't be worried about you know like little tiny spiders like I can I mean especially in the studio so like in the back my studio's a, a big room but it's in the backyard of a big quite a big garden and grassy area mm-hmm. like in this room I can see a spider right up in the corner right now like a very small one like I'm not going to think anything of it it's, it's almost definitely not poisonous and it's not going to do anything and then you've got like, you know, things like that. So, spiders are the least of your worries. Like, I don't think anyone's died from a spider bite in fucking like 10 years in Australia. So, it's not something you even need to worry about, really. True. And, and the most deadly spider in the world is in, not where I live, it's in S- it's the Sydney area, which is the, um, it's called a funnel web spider. Ugh, that so, horrible. they dig like little holes. That. So, they find like little holes and trenches and like um, they web. The, the the whole walls all the walls of the tunnels, mm. and like the type of web it's like yeah it's fucking this yeah, hang on, um,
2: I am not looking oh, at a no. picture yeah I was it's gonna say happening. this is only for me hang
1: on uh, yeah I'll, that's a line um, I'm not crossing uh, no I, I, the funnel web spiders are ter- they're huge they're terrifying and they're, they're they're the most deadly spider in the fucking world but it's seeing their their burrows. Is what's really, no, really nah, terrifying can't do about it. that. I'll, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll um, hang on. I'll send the link so you don't have to look at yeah, it. Yeah,
0: I'm not clicking it. It's not happening. Anything related so to spiders, Maddie. It's in.
1: it's it's a it's it's the oh, don't look at the... Oh no, it's got a thumbnail. It's got a thumbnail. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> not clicking <laughs> it. A thumbnail. Not clicking it. Not, <laughs> don't, click, don't, not clicking it. Don't look at chat. it. Not doing it. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh. you see what I mean, Maddie. Like, yeah, it's... Yeah. um that's, uh, that would, if I saw not even the spider, just that funnel, mm-hmm. I'm out. I would be out then. I would be out. Like, I'm not fucking around. I would be as far away from that shit as possible.
2: Because you just yeah. know more are in there? Is that the idea?
1: But it's it, but it's also the most deadly spider in the world.
2: Oh, okay, okay, sorry. What yeah. do they do? The most like, deadly it, spider how in the world. to the... get you?
0: Crawling. What do you body? mean? Well, like, what's <laughs> it going to happen? Is it yeah. just going to jump at you like how's it gonna get to you,
1: to kill no, you? Oh, no 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 oh, right no like but what you mean is you just know it's nearby if so you, you just
0: it. don't want to risk being near
1: oh, you don't want to be well you don't want to be die. near it like because like if you live in sydney you could have a funnel web in your fucking house uh, like, no thanks oh right. you know
0: i said we but should go to sydney you know i want to see the sydney opera house just to piss you off i don't want to go there anymore it's not yeah, it's well, not I happening fucking hate sydney anyway, yeah so i don't i don't go yeah we don't
1: need to go to sydney come to brisbane Beautiful beaches, Oh, uh, yeah, sunny. I just have to deal with huntsman it's
0: spiders. Fucking brilliant. There's yeah. not
1: really... No, the huntsman was more when I was growing up in Victoria. Maybe like, I, I have to the watch I, out for I a barely fucking killer snake. Yeah. I, used to, I used to be scared <laughs> of huntsmen when I was a Blessing. kid. Like, I used to go to my, my parents' room and go, Mum, have you checked the bathroom for spiders? Because I lived in the country. Like, I lived out... Like, there were huntsmen's everywhere. And oh. mum would always go, yeah, even though she's definitely hasn't got to bed, she's fucking exhausted. It's five in the morning I've woken up, watch cartoons. And I'd go in the bathroom and there'd be a fucking huntsman. I'm like, Mummy, you fucking check. Like there's a huntsman there. They're just massive things and they're just dangling. Oh. And like I remember oh. walking into the bathroom and just seeing a massive huntsman, like as it was like dangling down on its web to get to the ground, I was like, that was terrifying. That as a kid. Oh I no, like I can't, man.
3: I
0: can't yeah. do this. I get all fucking itchy. <laughs> I can't. No. It really freaks me yeah. out. Uh,
1: I I love my country. I love it. <laughs> I love
0: oh my it. It's god.
1: So it's exciting, you know. You go for a hike, you you go see the sights and you just never know. That's when you got to think about it. You've always got to be careful and you get certain points like you're in cuz I love going out for for hikes and bushwalks and stuff with my mates. And this is one thing like the other day went around me and Jay went around a dam, but if you're in really thick grass, we stomp really heavy. You really need to be careful and stomp really heavy that way cuz snakes feel vibrations. So mm. when you're in that area, that's when you're thinking about it. That's when you, when you can't see your feet,
3: mm. stomp,
1: you know what I mean? Cause the, you can't even see the danger. So you just want to stomp. So the snakes will hear it in the distance and they're just like, we're just going to fuck off now.
2: I feel like I've learned you know, something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's, it's just all, yeah. All I, I
2: know how to navigate Australia now.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I feel like if you're in Australia, hang out with an Australian you'll probably be sad. they'll just know how to like you know what i mean deal with problems um at least at first before you figure it out but it's fine it's fine. it's not that bad it guys.
0: is that it's bad really everything not you've not described sounds right. that bad
1: but those are just you we're talking about the worst case scenarios and how rare is that i don't think about that day to day i never think about that
2: mm-hmm. you'd go crazy if you did you would you probably would go
1: crazy if you did not oh. because you're still like I don't, i'm not under threat i don't even know anyone that's been bit you by sound state. very I'm, under like, threat even,
2: actually
0: everything you I'm destroy. I'm just explaining
1: lives. the possibilities. Yeah, you're dealing are, the with home in
2: invaders, killer creatures, web tunnels. Yeah, I yeah, don't like that. I, I mean, know.
1: But that's what people want to talk about. When people talk to me about Australia, they want to hear about that. You know? that's that, Those are the questions. Those are the things. Right? So that's, you know, you don't talk about everything awesome about it, which is everything else. Mm. You know? There's barely any people live here. Everyone's super fucking nice. It's, the weather's incredible all the time. Um, you know? And There's cool words f-
2: like I, apparently uh, flip flops are are thongs to you folks, and also oh, yeah, I think Moccas uh, yep, Brecky thongs. is that something that's uh that what I've heard. What is it? Bacchus brecky?
1: B- brecky I don't know what Bacchus is, but breki Ma- is what we call like an
2: M? Like I like, think like, like I think it's supposed to be like McDonald's breakfast or something like that. Like
1: oh, uh, um, uh, macas. Oh, am I Macca's, saying it wrong? Macca's, Macca's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's macas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So, <to> so <laughs> we we call Mc, we call McDonald's macas. And uh, breakfast is breki,
2: gotcha.
1: Like just put any word and we add e to the end to shorten because we're lazy <laughs> as fuck when we speak. Mm-hmm. It's like a biker, we call them bikies. You know what I mean? Like, um, like you know, um, just anything. We just add e on the end to just right. shorten it. Um, and that's what we. That's what we. That's what we do. That's what we do because we're lazy. So yeah, it's brekkie. The Avo is the afternoon. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? What are you doing this, Arvo? Oh, yeah, just... Arvo, I fucking... okay, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, that's that's what we... We shorten shit. Like, we have... Yeah, we have our own language here, in a way. We've got Australian English, for sure. It's just slang terms. <laughs> like, um, I've taught James a few... James, do you remember what fair income means? Uh, it means, like... Yeah, like, when you,
0: something's like, all, all right. When you're like, yeah, you yeah, know, all right.
1: Right? No, it's when it's when something is absolutely true. Ah, oh, like are you being fa- are you being fair income? Like are you being serious? Are you being fair income with me? Yeah, that's mate. not what yeah, that, that sounds like. Yeah.
2: Was it fa- fair income? That's what I'm hearing. Is that
1: F- fair income?
2: Fair income.
1: Fair income. That's it.
2: That's it. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that means.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, you being you being fair income? Yeah, mate. <laughs> All right,
0: yeah, mate. Oh, yeah, mate. I am. I respect it.
2: <laughs> Oh, I, t- <laughs> I respect it i don't yeah. have to like it I'll i can just respect it <laughs>
1: you can just respect it from a, from a safe distance from a safe distance right well where where are you from in the u.s maddie i'm in new york new york okay so city you just get a lot state? of
2: assholes city so you know a city? lot of a hmm. lot, lot of ass wipes for sure and yeah sometimes I love, I, my, I love new york i've been told sometimes like my accent will crack through i put accents in, in quotes because i don't really have one but like there are certain words like I think I, I actually I think I caught myself doing it earlier when I said coffee like I you get that a w in it like ah oh, yes. yeah comes in a little harsh. Um, well, I mean
1: you're you're American and we're not, so you definitely have an accent to us. Uh, gendered, oh, so.
2: okay, cool. I don't know. Do I sound cool? Like, does an American accent sound nah? You as awesome s- as sucks.
0: It sucks. Nah, we don't. Okay <laughs> I don't like it at all. I mean,
1: I'll be honest with you. Most people <laughs> not from America hate your accent, but um, just because okay. like oh, it's an American. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. That's, it depends I, where I will it take depends. That. That. It depends where. There's certain American accents that are better than others. Um, I think they all sound like pretty York, good,
0: to be honest. I don't know. Do,
1: yeah, I mean, I like uh, my favorite's the Boston accent. I fucking love it. Boston, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. It makes me laugh so much. I could just listen to Bill Burr talk all day. It's just fucking hilarious. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, New York. I remember because when I was in the US a couple of years ago I was I just went through L. It was my first time I went through LA and then I went to New York and I loved New York because it was a breath of the fresh air because people asked assholes I'm like oh thank god at least they're being honest whereas everyone in LA was fake as shit
2: you know what I mean people <laughs> being nice
1: to me I'm like I don't fucking trust you you fuck like what do you want from me <laughs> LA but then is I get to New York and people beast. are angry at you and shit and I was like these are my people at least they're honest I don't yeah. care if they're assholes at least they're straight up with you so
2: oh, it's great here. Yeah, I know it, it, you just got, you got to be able to deal with the honking horns all the time. But other than that, you can walk anywhere you want. Uh, I LA though, I despise. to my very core. But, so it's funny same. you bring that up. I hate it in LA. I hate, I hate California mostly, but I hate it. Yeah. Like going to E3 is like this mixture. Since I know what LA is like of like excitement for E3, but it's this momentary, like, oh, I gotta be in fucking LA man. Cause like, yeah. I remember like walking out of my uh, hotel and it was like a, it was a decent place. I think we were saying like a Marriott or something like that. Like it was a nice place. And, like right on the steps out the front, we have security guards staying there. And then like down the stairs more are like a ton of dudes, like shooting heroin and shit. And you're just like yeah. right here on the, on the front steps and like, they're just chilling there. I'm just like, uh, okay, maybe this is normal. Um, yeah. Like I remember walking around and like, we were we were actually We talked talking about Ubisoft a lot We were walking back from a Ubisoft conference And that was actually I forgot how shitty this was So we got an invite to go there And check out their conference And it was in this theater hall I gotta tell mm-hmm. this story Because people will be like What the fuck So okay. we go to the theater We show our tickets And they say there is no longer room for us Even though we saw open seats And we're like Alright So they put us in a room A side room With a fucking what? projector playing the conference as if it's on youtube and i'm just sitting there like oh my god. okay i don't want to complain too much because it's cool i'm here but i'm like i came here to watch this show what and so the then we had to fuck? walk back like it was fucked man so we're walking back and this guy's like walking around behind us and he's just talking about how he's gonna take out his gun and like kill everyone i'm like dude la sucks like I, that was the moment i was like what this, <laughs> i was like this place sucks fuck. i was like i want to go i want to go home now <laughs> i've had enough
1: oh my god <laughs> jesus oh my god i just i as soon as i landed the first time in america and i'm like in an uber from lax just to i think it was burbank Mm. i was staying and because i was staying between yeah i wanted to be between santa monica and like west hollywood and stuff right because was things that's what i wanted to do there and i just off the highway i'm just seeing like fucking crazy fucking homeless people just shirtless dancing around screaming and i'm like Mm. what the fuck This is real. I thought it was just fucking in Grand Theft Auto. Like, I didn't think it was just real. It was a big homeless problem in California, for sure. Yeah, it was insane. And then I get there and everyone's just fucking... First of all, it's just... It just is the most soulless feeling. Like, I just felt in the energy. The most soulless place I've ever been to in my life. (laughs) I felt no positive energy around me. I felt just, like, sorrow and sadness and emptiness everywhere I went. Like... And there were parts oh. of LA I, I liked, but my, like it was mostly just the worst. I just hated all holy the, shit the people were fucked. It's just shit
2: you just you, I don't know why you, you remind me of something because you mentioned like the, the 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 homeless place that you saw and um, <clears throat> I remember once again, this is a Ubisoft event. This is why I think it's just relevant to the conversation. <laughs> I, I think they've made I get it by the way, they' business. I'm not cranking them for this. I think they've made some cost cutting decisions with their uh, events. Um, where they like say, like, hey, come preview this game or whatever. So there was this one event they had in – it was at L.A. This was a pre-E3 press preview kind of thing. It was the year Odyssey came out. So I think 2018? Yeah. Want to 2018. Say. That was last year. Yeah. Yeah. So we go to this – actually, did, was it 2018? It doesn't matter. We They had Tom Clancy Ghost Recon Wildlands as well. So I don't know how relevant that is. That might have been 2016. But I digress. We go to this, we took an Uber and we go to like a abandoned warehouse, like in the corner of LA. And it's like, it's a completely isolated place. Like there's no security really. And you're walking up and you're like, is anyone here? And you walk inside and it's like all decorated and stuff. And there are people in there, but it's just this like, creepy place so you walk out at night afterwards once the event's done and they're just like people roaming around like homeless people and they're like oh, saying God. shit and you're just like they actually had this in like this really because uh, on the way there i didn't understand because i was familiarizing myself this had to be 2016 because i wasn't really understanding what i was looking at there were like cities of tents and stuff and mm. i'm just like what's going on here like you know something happened and you just find out that like they based this whole event in like a warehouse in like a uh an area where a lot of homeless people lived and they didn't have security from what I recall either. Um actually they might have. They had bouncers out front, sorry. Um but that was really it. And I was just like, this is kinda like this is kinda unsafe when I when I think back on it. I was like, damn, you know, just anyone could have walked up at any point in time in the middle of us playing. Mm. With a lot of people yeah. there. Like, you know, especially it just it was crazy. So once again, I don't want people to get the vibe that I'm complaining about the opportunities that were given to me or the event itself. I had a good time, but just like you think about those extra things that as times change, you look back at it and go, wow, that was, that was a risky play. Um, yeah, that's crazy. but more to my point, yeah, yeah I just, yeah, I've yeah. never really had a good, a good experience in LA. <laughs> it'd, it'd
1: be tough to pay me to go to California. It'd be tough.
2: My girlfriend wants tough. to go and I'm just like, can we find a new place to vacation? <laughs> be great. Oh God. yeah, <laughs> <I know>. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yeah.
1: Yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. Go to Hawaii, do something else. Yeah, you I know. know what I mean? Like, yeah. fucking hell. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, that's a no go for me. I've done LA. I'm done now. Yeah, I
2: you've seen it, seen it, right? Like, that's it. There's more places to see and life to live in different states and. That, that's without. it. I know I'll
1: have to fly by LA. You know what I mean to get into the US. I'm sure I'll, you know just because the West Coast is the closest coast to me, right? Um, so I'm sure I'll have to fly into LAX, but I'll just not leave the airport and I'll catch a connecting flight somewhere else.
2: A- LAX sucks as well. So it's uh, you know, it does. You, you suffer a little bit still. Yeah, you know, but
1: yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. LAX does suck. It's a weird weird one how did we get onto this oh the Bar. it all started, yeah. from the uh, the it started with the fucking Bar. i think it started with halo cooks.
2: and then you asked about the yeah yeah, the oh, yeah yeah we're
1: talking about Fable. so you're talking about fable and then you're going to talk about halo <laughs> and then the has interrupted us and that led us to a whole new tangent anyway love it so so halo what laddie how do you feel about halo <laughs>
2: um i don't think i'm as much of a die hard as a lot of people are nowadays and i think it's because the bungee trilogy for everyone it's pretty iconic i love it with all my heart but since then you know at first i wasn't super in love with reach i like reach now um odst didn't really care much about um and then obviously the new trilogy from 343 uh has been less than successful so far um they've kind of just changed a lot of the core formula of what makes halo halo i don't know how to put it um and really well i i thought four was solid i should say let me reel that back a little bit four was solid but then when five came out much like you tyler i was just like Mm. oh god like this is not good and then for me the real twisting of the knife the salt in the wound was when halo wars 2 came out and i'm like hey this is really fucking good and it presents a pretty interesting setup for halo infinite i'm like wait what wait that shouldn't that should never ever happen like that should never yeah. Like, yeah like it's a spin-off it should not be doing a better job setting things up making things more interesting f- that that halo 5 completely failed to do mm-hmm. um so i have like a kind of churning excitement for halo infinite as you know for the show i try to keep an eye on things um i'm a little tired of their i'm gonna show another picture another picture here's mm-hmm. yeah here's a, yeah. Here's a they're developer q a so not showing anything it yet. sounds great but mind you show they're their Q and A's make me want to like jump out a window because I have to read through the whole thing. Cause they don't just record it and just post the audio. They have to like transcript the whole thing instead so no. it can be edited. Yeah. So you got to read like a 15 page document uh, uh, for like two details. Um, and sometimes those details don't even make it in the show. Cause you're like, all right, you know, I don't, no one really cares about this. This isn't significant enough to eat up time on our show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but you know, they're, 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 Cycle is in a really weird spot because one thing that Halo 5 did right was they did like a nice beta about a year and change before the full release so people could get in test the multiplayer make sure everything was working fine and uh, apply any fixes that needed to be applied but now because the reveal was so botched they can't really do a beta because they need to synchronize their re-reveal with this beta so I'm really hesitant to be excited about their multiplayer just because they're doing a ton of internal testing probably but fans aren't getting to, like, put their feedback in on mm-hmm. it. Um, and it's it all stems from them fucking up the original reveal because now when they show it, they got to hit hard, right? They got to show, like, the graphics are better. It looks better. The animations aren't stupid anymore. Uh, like, it it didn't look like it played bad. Um, and so, ultimately, they're kind of handcuffed to that. And I think the game may end up suffering on the multiplayer side for it. Story-wise, I'm pretty invested. I'm, I'm pretty excited to see where they take things... I feel like getting Joe Staten on board was a really smart play. I feel like that builds Mm -hmm. a lot of confidence. And, um, you know, uh, ultimately, I can only hope that they put something decent out. That's all I really want, right? Like, and that's kind of sad. That tells you the state of things. Like, I just want something decent Um, Mm because I haven't had that fire quite like since the Bungie Halo days. So what sucks is that when they revealed Halo Infinite, I was actually really excited because – the box art remind me of Combat Evolved, which is my favorite Halo of the entire series. I, I mm-hmm. yes. love the first one so much. And yeah, same here. It, awesome. So sweet. You get it. Like, I yeah. adore that thing. Like, three is amazing, two is amazing, but like Halo one, there's just something about yeah. it, man. But it's perfect. So, so when they start taking notes from that game, I'm like, oh, fuck, yes. Like, give me every bit of that. So that's what's kind of carrying it. If it didn't do that, I don't know. I don't know how excited I'd be. But seeing its openness. And when you look at um, – I think it's the second level of Halo 1 where uh, you're going around the Warthog to all the different Covenant bases. And it, it's mm-hmm. like that was yeah. so revolutionary for its time, man. And you look at that, and they're doing that on a grander scale here. Like Halo Infinite, I think for fans like Tyler and I, like can really can really hit a, a perfect chord. And so I'm hoping for that at minimum. Just a, a nice Halo 1-inspired uh, uh, adventure, which we mm-hmm. yeah. could end up fucking up with – how they're doing infinite, so they're adding content constantly, and I don't know if that means their story, which I think they said they're doing, and that means it could be incomplete. And it's like, oh joy, you know, post lunch content, love it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the that's the difficult part. Yeah, Again, right them right, trying right. to follow industry trends rather than just making a Halo game. <laughs> yep. just yeah. just make Halo game.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think as well, like Call the, Halo
1: Six, and be done with it.
2: Yeah, the free to play multiplayer is going to be great for them though. Like that that game's going to be really popular regardless. Well, that like,
0: that's what's so interesting, right? Be, being making the multiplayer free to play means like what is the content of this single player? And I know they've said like it's a live mm. service; they're going to be constantly updating it. But like, how are they going to justify? Like, because I mean, it's it's rumored that the game has cost a lot to make. Uh, I mean, it's rumored that oh, yeah. it's like like the most expensive game of all time to make. But um, so like in terms, of like so, what are they going to charge for this game for the just single player? That sure it's going to get updates, like it's like a live service. But how are they going to justify that? What is the content going to be of this single player with multiplayer being the separate free to play thing? That's going to be interesting to see. I think
2: I'm nervous to see it because that's I, I should I feel like a fool for not bringing this up earlier with the Xbox Pass. Is is the bump they kind of get is. Because of Game Pass, they're like Gears 4, Gears 5, especially Gears 5. <clears throat> I remember that Forza Horizon 4, like their microtransactions are pretty, pretty fucking egregious, man. Like they are mm. really like monetizing a lot of things. It's because they got so many people coming through Game Pass. That's how you make your money. And yeah. with Halo being free to play by nature already, just not even Game Pass. Like yeah, just fuck. you can have an Xbox, no gold, just play it. I'm like, oh God, this thing is going to be fucking monetized. And if, like what you said is true, um, because I just, I I sometimes keep my head out of Halo for certain things like that and just wait for them to reveal it where we can really start talking about it. But if it's going to be the biggest budget, I mean, if any past example where it wasn't that uh, showed what they do with microtransactions at any Microsoft Game Studios game, like I think Halo is going to be heavily monetized. That's my big concern with it especially when they haven't shown any multiplayer stuff it's like clock's ticking if it's going to come out this year so they're going to they're definitely going to show it at e3 that's going to be their big re-reveal i think everyone kind of knows and expects that Mm -hmm. i anticipate like a day of or week of beta like saying hey we're going to be doing this thing here and we'll be able to go ahead and you know uh have you in immediately uh, but I don't know if, like, say it comes out in November, which I think it's supposed to, like, November 15th, I want to say. Um, mm. You know, that's not enough time to make any significant changes if there needs to be. So I'm a little concerned on that front, for sure, the live service yeah. and and the lack of online testing.
0: Yeah, it does seem like everything's it's a bit broken up, like what they're doing with single player, what they're doing with multiplayer, the communication there. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've been disenfranchised yeah. with Halo multiplayer for quite a while now. I've not felt like a true connection same. to it since like region master chief collection is fun but that's because it lets me play the ones that i do like so mm-hmm. uh you know i really it's... enjoyed
1: halo 5 arena i like halo 5 but for different reasons right like it doesn't play yeah, like right.
0: a halo it doesn't yes. it's not good yeah, for I the get, same yeah. reason Halo's is good but it is it's like still a good fun, multiplayer yeah. like it's still fun to play um what was it
1: called War- is it warzone was was like no, that yeah. that's if i can call it G- yeah that's a big thing yeah okay that's what it was called in halo um
0: that is Call of Duty yeah, as Yeah, isn't
1: well, that... What's it called? Yeah, is it Call of Duty as well? Yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. okay. Um, I, I was, like, getting him confused, I'm like, I'm pretty sure it was but Warzone Halo, well. yeah, it was Warzone um, as well. Yeah, that little sort of... I hated that. Hated it. Yeah, hated I don't, the campaign don't was like the worst. that too. Yeah. Worst thing to, to ever, you know... Is have, my eyes has never seen anything worse. Um, <laughs> but but, yeah, but the arena multiplayer, that small little element, I did have some fun with yeah. Halo 5, but that's that's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So, it's... I'm concerned... And I, like, I just think like it just Halo 5 killed my love of Halo and for even the story. So I'm like, I just don't know what I have to look forward to now, really. I just thought the story's gone such a fuck direction. Yeah, they the talked
2: way. about, like, soft rebooting it. And I'm like, all right, so what are they going to cut out from 5? That's my question, right? Cause, all of it, hopefully. Yeah. And D.B. Yeah. E- Chief well. wakes up.
0: That'd be um, great, wouldn't it? But they're not doing that, so, you know. No, nah, of it's, course they're not. It's, I mean, it's going as, as, L-
1: as long as Locke dies in the first scene of the game... Oh, I wouldn't that be amazing? A little bit happy. Wouldn't that be amazing? What a terrible character. Yeah. What a fucking terrible character. How dare you? Imagine trying to sell me a Master Chief game, and he plays for three missions. Fuck you. He's also shunned
0: as well. Like, that, fuck, yeah, that, that, t- that scene in Halo 5, we got Locke and Chief fighting each other, and Chief is just... Like, somehow Locke is... You know holding his own it's like chief should be like punching him and he should be flying across the other side of the room like what the fuck is this bullshit why are they trying yeah to... it just felt like, like they didn't they didn't get it i'm not an idiot oh, yeah. 343 no. like this is i'm not falling for it this is dumb shit yep <laughs> yep
1: yeah i'm watching this infinite demo again while we talk about this like because i've watched it probably since it um since it all came out you didn't hate it as much as me it right? really... when it came out I mean, I just, so was, really hated I mean, it. I hated a lot about it, but I was like, I mean, I hated the function of I'm it. Like so the, mad. like opening a map and just going around and, and doing all like some sort of like fucking open world game. I didn't like, I didn't like that. Like I like, if that's a singular mission structure, like, um, the mission Halo in Halo one, like I love, that's one of my favorite missions of all time. Mm. Um, silent cartographer is probably my favorite Halo mission of all time though. Oh, um, yeah. that's a
2: good one. Like, I like I assault love, on the control I, room.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh my mm. god! Just there's this so much good, and there's so many elements I love about like having an open space and getting your warthog going around. But I don't want that to be the whole game base. Is is that yeah. where you can just go wherever you want and you find the missions? No, 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 no. I don't want that. I, I believe that. I the way be right. Like, yeah. that I want it to be something special in the game that I remember. That's yeah, iconic.
3: <clears throat> mm.
0: I think I'm with you. Yeah, like based on these little little posts they've been putting out for Infinite, it seems, and like the way that I've been reading into it it seems like the way they're building the world is that it's sort of Metrovania, a bit like a a God of War sort of went down that route, in that it's an open... Like, you can explore the Halo ring, and there are segments of the Halo ring that you can openly move around in and find things in, and do things in, and, like, have this sort of exploration of, like, going into an old Forerunner, like, you know, temple thing, and seeing what's in there, and what information can you find, and is there any little bits of lore? But at the same time, it, it seems like they said... They do take you through this singular path. They like call it the golden path or something, in which there are story missions. And I don't know whether that means there's like open areas that are strung together by linear missions, or you go uh, to a sounds a area lot like it sort of takes you through an area. Have you played
2: Gears of War Five? I've not played Gears One. No. Oh, uh, it it sounds exactly like that. Like that's kind of the comparison. Mm-hmm. Gears Five has these. It reminds me a lot of Borderlands too. Like you'll ride around in this skiff thing, and you'll you'll go from like spot to spot where you can uh, clear out locations, maybe get a little more lore. You'll fight like another group of bad guys, and um, and you'll and you'll scoop up uh, an upgrade for a weapon, not a weapon. Sorry for, for this uh, robot that follows you around, and um, Jack, mm-hmm. and and you can like freeze enemies and do this, this, and that. Um, but there is this one path. There's one icon, which will be like your main story content that you can just breeze through if you want to. Mm-hmm. So I anticipate that, but better because Gears felt like um, you would just go into a location. You knew there, like, they wouldn't do anything different. So Gears 5, you'd, you'd walk in and you'd know you'd be fighting bad guys. Like you'd never be doing a puzzle or anything interesting. And since Halo seems to have tools like the grapple gun and whatnot, it's like, okay, maybe mm-hmm. we can get some interesting puzzles in the mix on top of the shooting and whatever else you can explore. So I'm anticipating to play and feel a lot like Gears Five, which would be a good thing in a lot of ways. Gears Five yeah. was pretty good.
0: It sounds similar as well to uh, Metro Exodus, which I didn't like, but I fucking it sounds, hated that game. Uh, so it sounds similar in a sense. I I, I probably that got game about, felt like, 25% like Far Cry through. way too oh, much. Oh, it really did, yeah. And it, it's it's sad because it the the linear so sections were actually pretty strong. I quite so enjoyed good. some of yep. those. But when it puts you out into this big open space, (laughs) it's like, fuck, I don't want to do this. This is not why I play Metro. What the fuck's this? Dude, Um, that's what
2: I said. I've never played a game series where it's way better when it's linear, but like Metro uh, 2033 and and Last Light, Last Light especially, like these, mm -hmm. Last Light was a masterpiece because it managed to still open up certain areas without feeling, without losing its claustrophobic feeling like you Mm -hmm. got in the, in the train stations and whatnot. And like, Mm -hmm. that is what it's all about. But like Exodus is just like, you get to that the first area is fine i forget what all this, these places are called but the second sandy area where you oh, get like a vehicle and shit that's where I'm i just split. like yeah yeah i was just like this is fucking terrible and then i go through this whole campaign not killing anyone i'm a pacifist and i get the bad ending and i'm like well, this this game's fucking busted too so <laughs> that shit pissed me off like especially as a longtime metro fan like i was making mm-hmm. content on that game i was like this sucks yeah
0: yeah that was a shame
1: Oh, I'm 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 doing what I did the last podcast. I did what are you doing? four pillars podcast. Where we were talking about Halo. Oh right. And I end up like looking up Halo music, and I'm just like, <laughs> I get caught up. I get caught up. It's just so <laughs> so ridiculous. So ridiculous. It's wild. Yeah. It's wild. Well, what what are your thoughts then, Maddie? You know, going forward for because you, you touched on halo infinite where that's going to go fable four since you're a fable fan wh- what are your feelings about playground taking over it's not Lionhead; it's you know totally new studio totally new team new take how do you feel about their approach to this one
2: um it's funny because i remember there was a uh, a, a pretty big i put this in quotes leak because it ended up being debunked as fake but fable 4 was on this like really weird path of just having a lot of fake leaks even though it was a real game and and like some of them are trailers and all that stuff um and as i heard more from the fake leak it was a weird situation where i was like i hope this ends up being true so they were talking about kind of re rebooting which i think is the smart call it's been long enough um I don't think continuing what was there after three, it's a complete trilogy. Let it just be as it is. Cause it's not a bad trilogy, right? It's like a good series of games. Like even with three in the mix and some of its yeah. issues, I think it's a good trilogy, which is pretty hard to say nowadays. Um, yeah. Cause it still manages to keep that fable DNA uh, back to four though. I'm expecting a reboot. I'm expecting to be open world. Um, and I am praying to God. They don't try to change any f- fucking single vision on the hero villain stuff i am praying man i would be i would make a video dedicated to how livid i would be if they were like we decided to do this instead that's like mass effect doing what they did with andromeda we're not doing paragon and renegade it's like why would you ever do that now i say that when it happened i think bioware had a good idea they were like well, we wanted it to be less defined by good and bad and neutral. But your writing was so fucking bad that you didn't have that. So it was just a really mm. ass game. And there was no, like, catch to the, to the writing at all. So I'm, I'm really hoping with Fable they keep that. They keep it open. And I know this kind of goes without saying, but they improve the combat. You know, I'm hoping that it's a little more free flow in nature. It's a little choppy in the older games. And that's fine because it does so many other things so well that mm. I don't really mind. But uh, I, I really want them to take a look at that because I think that's the series' weak spot, right? That's kind of what kept it from broad appeal, which can be the kiss of death for some series. But I look at something like Persona, which has broad appeal now, and it's it's staying to its roots. It's it's doubled down, in fact, when you look at Persona 5 Royal. Like, it's gotten even more in its corner, and people are just in love with that. Same with Nier. Like, it's just staying in its corner because they know that's its strength. Um, so I'm hoping with Fable... They know what makes the series good, which is like the characters, the art style, Mm -hmm. um, the interactions, the choices like that stuff matters. Like you got to nail that. But places that could improve gameplay, openness, um, animation work. Yeah, let's go. Like, let's get that going. So I know it's a pretty general expectation list. Um, You know, I hope that they kind of keep it single player only because three was co-op. I know um playground likes to do these kind of shared worlds so i'm just really hoping that they decide like hey we're not going to do that for this one um not because i wouldn't like it just you know to me just pure single player is the move right now like it's it's very attractive to consumers you don't got to deal with the bullshit it's just that simple what you see is what you get you don't got to worry about outriders being that situation where i play that game entirely i love outriders by the way single player played it by myself but it had to be connected to servers, so there were like I took like two weeks off from the game when I was in the middle of a playthrough because it couldn't get online. Like it was just it was terrible in that regard. Mm-hmm. So I just hope that they stay away from any type of shared online multiplayer elements entirely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah which is the yeah. biggest concern. Yeah, I'm definitely especially with those
1: there. MMO rumors. They were you know that, that, was that came bond, out right? once. It went yeah yeah, yeah
2: yeah that debunked. was debunked along with like the Good. trailer or, and I, I should bring it up but yeah there was like a big reddit thing that ended up being false mm-hmm. yeah
1: well i mean a lot of the rumors early on before was even now were true like i've been following um the fable rumors since like 20 would have been 2018 because mm-hmm. there was a, a story that came out in january 2018 the playground was developing it and no one really it didn't catch much traction I was like guys this is true like I spent a few months I was like looking into it and I was like oh no this is 100% true um, I even made a, like I made a whole video on it that that, that you know d- did very well and mm-hmm. um, you know saying like guys this this is gonna happen it was in mid 2018 and then two years later like you know having comments coming up like well he was right I'm like fuck <laughs> yeah I was like um, but then there was a lot of things that, that weren't true once the game was actually announced then all these fucking fake rumors came out but you know fables yeah i'm really excited it's it, that's what's going to get me back to xbox will be, we'll yeah, be fable if, if anything else i, I doubt actually, halo uh, infinite will do it
2: i actually found the leak here just because it was bugging the hell out of me that i couldn't directly recall it so there was apparently like a leak of a trailer and then some guys like video's gone but i snagged a screenshot of the info the leak gave oh, yeah, first third that. person in-depth character creator completely open no guns like okay why Can ignore main quest and never become a hero. Fuck that. Uh, Players can build towns, ties into main quest heavily if you get bad ending and fail. Sounds like Fallout 4. Not good news there. Uh, (laughs) Multiplayer, Unreal Engine. This is the story part. It says, Albion and Aurora are gone. Lands reduced to fables. The Spire was rebuilt and used by a mad king to wish that an asteroid would strike the planet. He also wished it would happen again in the far future. Eons later, and everything is new. Medieval-themed new continents, and you have to stop the destruction of the planet again. Teresa and a Hero's Guild are preserved on another planet via a demon door. Time travel heavily involved in play. Jack of Blaze returns. It's I remember like, that, yeah. right? I remember You're, this too. Yeah, right? Like, this, this was, this yeah. was like... Um,
1: awful sounds awful yeah yeah like, and awesome.
2: like like some of the gameplay stuff didn't sound bad first third person character creator like oh great you know perfect but what i get worried about and a lot of people don't think about this with game pass not to pull us off track here but like you hear multiplayer in this like Halo's free to play like one thing that game pass is kind of teetering on is like forcing these developers to think of monetization methods for their games mm. because you get a lot of players but you maybe aren't getting a lot of sales game pass does drive sales that much has been shown but you can get more money for your next game if if you have microtransactions. Like, that's just the simple part of it all. Especially if someone's mm-hmm. paying 15 bucks, you get this brand-new game. It's like, what is $20 in microtransactions? And I don't blame someone for thinking that because now you've effectively only spent $35 instead of 70 on a new game. It's like you're still – they're still getting away with it. It's, it's a really easy way to get people to probably spend way more on microtransactions than they typically would. Mm. Yeah. 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 It's
1: – mm yeah this the, well that's the, the only the worrying biggest thing, thing of those... about
2: Halo um,
0: not Halo Fable yeah. Fable is mm. Yeah. How they're gonna well I mean on Pass.
1: the one good thing I like we're talking about soft reboot but even those rumors though is the um, well I mean from the teaser trailer you see Bowstone, so like I mean that alone you're like well right. I don't think everything was just to rubble like that's Bowstone. I know what Ballastone looks like mm-hmm. so to reboot it but keep the same elements in the world it's Albion I mean, we know the Heroes Guild's there. The first shot is a sword, and the hilt has a Heroes Guild seal on it. So, world-wise, this is Fable. Still, I mean, you could take it way back, couldn't
0: you? You could go back to, you know, back during those. Well, look, it looks it looks it looks
1: between Fable One and Two because Fable One Bowstone didn't have Fairfax Castle and all that sort of stuff in there, Um, and it's definitely pre-Fable Two. You can just see it based on like yeah how big the city is yeah and with it being so somewhere probably
0: the probably a reboot as well i mean it doesn't really matter whether it is or isn't because the fable games don't really connect like they loosely do and it's like it's like the same world you get to see at different points in history but like i don't i don't feel you have to do like a clear-cut reboot to be able to just do a new thing in fable yeah so i think they're good yeah. to just be like yeah look it's after fable 1 before fable 2 it doesn't really matter if you play them or not, because it just doesn't. So Then Teresa
1: could come back. I'd love that.
0: Oh, yeah. Didn't they kill
2: her in a side game or something?
1: Yeah, in, in the Kinect game, yeah, Fable, The Journey. Did.
2: Oh, my um, God. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. make this
2: one hit hard. Let's get rid of a main character. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
1: In, a, in a Kinect game, remember that? On a, and That's Peter Molyneux is talking about how was not on rails and shit. It's just fucking wild.
2: Oh, I love Peter Molyneux. I do miss him i do miss his interviews Ugh. man like i would i would have a field day with him now as like a content creator back then like i didn't care but like now just being invested in the whole thing it's like that's a whole different story yeah yeah <laughs> and
1: and he went and made that like some bo- cube game oh app my god the cube playing.
0: game i played the, the shit game. out of that when i was at sh- school i, I literally I me and, the and the all my friends would like... just be playing it all day every day trying to get to the center of the fucking cube just like helping you know oh, everyone so online weird. at once it was good fun it was like just having everyone together like trying to get to the center of this cube like you could just see everyone chipping away at it it was good fun i remember that the reward for it was shit though like it was some dumb thing like an advertisement for his game or was it goddess or something where like you get to be a king in his oh game or yeah something.
2: goddess yeah he was that was like his pinnacle of i think like self-hype and overselling. yeah if yeah, i recall it was He like really <sighs> just went overboard with that and that's when people started to really call him out yeah
1: yeah he um Peter Molyneux thinks a bit a bit too much of himself. I think, um, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, but you know, he made Fable. At least he so gave us Fable. He gave us Fable. We've got to give him that. Yeah. Um, never gave us the Fable he promised us. Not one time. No, but, um, never did he. We do still that. got still fable. great games. Yeah, I guess it's yeah. fine. I guess. <laughs> For what they are. <laughs> yeah, they're still great they
3: games. Yeah. Right.
1: Um. But you you mentioned Matty Mass Effect in there. Um. While we were talking about that, like Mass Effect andromeda, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I mean, by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be out fuck yeah um how do how do we how do we feel well how do we feel about the legendary edition going into it we obviously (laughs) haven't played it yet but like what's um your feelings now as a big mass effect fan keep keep (sighs) revisiting that and go back into that
2: what's really i'm happy that the launch is this week because i was worried that this would eventually bite me in the ass but it never did is i haven't played them since 2014 i love mass effect like i've played them all multiple times but it's been A really long while since i've done like a full trilogy run so a lot of my memories of the game are kind of scattered like i remember big moments right like the ending of one i love um there there are multiple ones are two three like call them all out i'm hate i hate that by the way three's multiplayer is not fucking there that's bullshit it should be there (laughs) i i've like ranted in probably eight different videos about that but as a fan i'm just excited to get back because like even though i've covered this game a lot it's a pretty new adventure for me again, and with all the changes they're making to Mass Effect One, I'm I'm really excited. You said this comes mm-hmm. out, after you said this comes out Friday, or when does it come out? No, uh, it, Monday. In, in Monday. Okay, so this is like way after the release of Mass Effect.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay,
2: so I I have a code for the game, so I, I I I I I'm gonna download it when I get home tonight. So I'm actually gonna be playing oh, okay. today as we record this. So wow. one of the few times access has come my way was probably because I was like covering the fucking shit out of it but Mm -hmm. um i'm really excited to dive into it and um you know because i've it's one of like it's sad because it shows like where 2021 is with gaming but it's like probably my most anticipated release um there's just a a there like there was just a good feel for mass effect man like it's just like it it reminds me of of bioware kind of their best hybrid um you know because I think the way both of you approach Ubisoft is probably how people look at me with Bioware and they go like, I didn't really think of it that way because Bioware is really popular now uh, when they did Anthem failed, but Inquisition is kind of like my major punching bag for them. Um, I like Mm -hmm. it a lot more now after a a recent replay, but they've sort of taken this route of action games and looking very beautiful in the Frostbite engine, but not using Unreal where they can do more choice and consequence and things that... Make developing the game way easier and more intuitive for their whole team because EA is forcing people to use Frostbite. Um, where I look back at Jade Empire, Kotor, Dragon Age, those were like their amazing, you know, there were some action elements there, but they were great role playing games. And I think great role playing games still sell a ton, they can have action elements, but they still sell really well. And I feel like mass effect is a good representation of that like you still have these choices these diverging paths you can carry your character over like there's so many role-playing elements but it's a third person shooter that's extremely fast paced like you have these if you're playing as the vanguard you can like zip around and like dive bomb people and shit it's like dude this mm-hmm. is all off the chains but it's still a role-playing game so like that's kind of what has me excited like in the terms of new stuff coming out like i'm hoping starfield and halo like those are the ones i'm, I'm really looking forward to i'm looking forward to new judgment game, new tales of game. Like there's new stuff I'm looking forward to. But for me in the first half, it was really just like Hitman and persona five strikers and then mass effect. Like it's kind of been low and this was the one I was looking most forward to. So I'm, I'm hyped to finally get my hands on it for sure.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah re- to revisit that trilogy. So, so exciting. Mm. What, what were your feelings on the uh, infamous mass effect three ending? <laughs>
2: I actually liked it when I was younger. So, I don't so have did a, I. I didn't so have did much I. Of a, I didn't have much of a problem with it, honestly. Like I I still yeah. don't. Like I I would have respected if they tried to change it and do something. But what I find a little more cool is that you get rid of the multiplayer, fuck you. That's fine. Um <laughs> What they're doing now is they're substituting the galactic readiness with like your progress, your, your your progress throughout the entirety of the trilogy. So what you do in one and two like adds to your galactic readiness and the yeah. relationships you make. So I feel like that makes it a little more impactful when you get to the end. And even though it's this red, green, blue, they said the definitive ending is now the final cut thing that they did, the extended edition or extended cut um, that they added afterwards. Like, that's their definitive one, which is there at launch. I think it makes it a little bit of an easier pill to swallow. Like I said, I would have respected if they changed it and tried something new, but I also understand that there's a little bit of that like, hey, we still made something extremely good here, and I feel like it almost... If they change that, then people are going to ask them to change everything. So... I feel like it was kind of a, I want to say a good call, but I feel like it was wise of them to not cave into that pressure and change things that I think mattered more, like Mass Effect 1. I do recall my playthrough of that. It did not feel good to play at all. So making that feel yeah. good to play, like that should have been a priority. I don't think a priority should have been like hiding Miranda's ass. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> the, I don't yeah. know I don't know if it should have been a priority, um, but it... Yeah. I, you know, I've, I've fucked around with unreal engine. Like that's not hard to do. So a lot of people were like crying censorship and how could they do this? And it's like, you're stupid. It's not, it's not even remotely close to censorship. Like, it's just the effort that they went to. It's like, well, could they have added like voice lines here or there? Or like, there was this same sex romance that is a mass effect Two That was brought out through mods. And it's like, why not look into stuff like that? So there's going to be conversations to have about things that they could have changed. One of them being like the ending, um, but overall, from the outside, looking in and on paper, I, I like what I see.
1: Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, I I, I mean, I, I'm i with you. I was just someone who was a fan of the ending, original ending of Mass Effect 3. Not like a fan, but like, it was just, it just made sense to me. I don't know. Like, I just feel like going in and...
0: Mm, I never felt it was bad. I,
1: like... Yeah, no, just because, like, I get it, Mass Effect 2's ending was incredible, it was revolutionary, like, having all these different options, but I feel like Mm -hmm. if you do that in a third game, it's supposed to be the ending, like, where do you go from there if it's such a, like, there's 10 trillion different endings? You could never follow it up. If there's some sort of, like, almost closed-off ending, like, the way you get to the ending's different. Like, the experience you have, the characters that live and die, the relationships are different, like, that, to me, is what matters. Right. Mm. I don't think it necessarily needed to be, like, all these different ending choices or like results I thought what they did was good so I'm like you said I'm glad it wasn't a priority for them for, to change that or change anything and and the extended cut I, I was like yeah I, I prefer the extended cut because it did add that mm-hmm. um with your relationships but it was good it, yeah it, it was really good I you almost forget though like I almost forgot until we were just talking about this I just had this thing in my head where I'm like oh yeah I forget they're making Mass Effect 4 as well like mm-hmm. they're making another Mass Effect like they they are they are that they just yeah tease tease that yeah, not
2: I, a fan? not a fan. Well, here's the thing. I'm a fan <laughs> of the idea of them going back to the Milky Way because Andromeda was that big of a, a failure in my eyes. And mm-hmm. I don't say that lightly. Like, I don't like to squash yeah, the foul, yeah. idea of, of developers trying new things. And especially when you have, once again, kind of like what happened with 343 and Bungie. It's like, all right, you got this really good trilogy. Go try your own thing, man. Like, don't try to copy them. Uh, that's derivative work is not exciting. Um, yeah, we like more of a good thing, but if it's from like, the same company, that's, that's different. Um, <clears throat> with Mass Effect, going back to Milky Way, that's exciting. My problem actually has nothing to do with the game. It's I cannot stand Bioware doing these early announcements of games that I will not yeah. hear about mm. for ages. Some people go, well, what about Bethesda? Now do you talk about Elder Scrolls 6? You talk about Starfield. But like, they've only done it one time, and I think it did make sense in context of the game they showed off, which was no, a right. multiplayer Fallout game but yeah. like something where bioware is maybe it's because they were knew they were going to cancel anthems so they were thinking to themselves like hey let's let's not just have that be our only news and we have to have our fans know something's coming but yeah. like both these games it makes me sick to my fucking stomach when i just watch these prototype trailers run on and they're like we want to make a great game of course you do and then they show like whoever the main character is like rolling in in like a no polygons in like a a dev cell and i'm like what is this shit like this is not hype but ea is just obsessed with this creating of a feeling for the consumer like they've seen something behind closed doors that's like why they they went away from ea play or uh from from e3 and did ea play because when they got their fans in there, their fans were getting early access. Like It created this exclusive feeling, this exclusive access to things. And it's, it's like weird, in my opinion, because it just hurts the game in my eyes. I'm like, no one cares about Dragon Age 4 right now because you can't even see what it is. They just show concept art and, like I said, these like dev cells. Mm. That does, I don't know who that should excite. And with Mass Effect, it's like, that's coming after Dragon Age. So they just show up the CGI of Liara and I'm like, okay, cool. Like Liara is there that that's intriguing, but I know now it's 2021. I probably won't have a remotely close answer until 2024. I know for Mm a fact I won't. And that sucks because with, with legendary edition coming out this year, I'd say probably two more years, three more years till a new dragon age game. Like, you know, I might be overestimating that I'll be honest, but it's their announcement cycle is like baffling to me. I just, I, I genuinely don't get it. Yeah.
1: That's true. Yeah, you're right. good point. You're right. Yeah. I, like, because I, I bought straight in the hub. I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, here we go. We're oh, back.
2: You, you should, dude. It's exciting. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I don't want you to feel like you or anyone shouldn't be excited because the game itself is exciting. It's just that when they announce it, it's like, fuck, I'm not going to hear anything about this. And the yeah, kind of love right. hate I you're have right. with that is when I saw Andromeda, I was kind of like, Interested And with Anthem, I remember making a video. I got mass disliked, which this video probably would have done well. Now, I was just like, I can't support Anthem. I was like, I can't support this game. This looks terrible. Like, it looks nothing yeah. like what I want from Bioware. People were like, let them try new things. This is going to be great. You know, it's a live service game. I'm just like, nope. And look what happened. Like, Bioware mm-hmm. has never succeeded with multiplayer, mind you. Like, they've, outside of the Mass Effect Horde mode, that was amazing. And they should have done that again. But they have yeah. tried it with Dragon Age. They tried it with Anthem. Just drop it just drop it please. Yeah. That's off time. Yeah. 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 sure.
1: Yeah, this is it's fucking wild. It's so yeah, getting back to single player is the way to go. For for most mm-hmm. of these studios I they agree. they're not built for that. Enough. Like in the, you you need to rehire new people that know how to do that. Exactly. In which case you're a different studio making a different franchise. You're not BioWare making Mass Effect or BioWare making Dragon Age.
2: Mm. Yeah. Exactly that.
1: Yeah. It's yeah, it's it's mental. Um you mentioned Starfield, so I feel like before we wrap up, we probably should um talk sure. about that like I don't know too much about Starfield you you you've been covering this what's <laughs> what's the expectation do you think it's coming out this year next year like when are we when are we going to see Starfield when are we going to see Elder Scrolls 6 what the fuck is going on with Bethesda
2: I know right that's a, that's a good question <laughs> so uh with Starfield uh I've said it on my own shows and channel that like yeah I was told I was told in 2020 it could come out that year like it was it was getting ready to go that year and that kind of lines up with some of the leaks that we saw, um, but I think they were wise to delay it and and get it going. Where now I'm being told, and it's different because like I know I'm like a I'm not your like Jeff Garber or your Jason Schreier where I'm like sources say and everyone collectively shits their pants. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. I know you got to earn that if you will, and it's not like I'm trying to earn that, but I know I got to earn that trust, so I respect it. But I was told like, hey, 2021 is the year for Starfield. Like they're going to aim for it. And I also said, Hey, like the, the pandemic can delay this. I think I said this back in February. Um, and I know I tweeted it in January that like, this was the year for Starfield, but so I have that expectation that they're going to try to push for it. Um, you know, will they actually get it out this year? You go back to their dev cycle. I look at Uh, where Todd Howard said in 2018, this is pre pandemic stuff. He was like, yeah, we've been developing this game since after fallout four finished with its DLC. And that was August of 2016 is when Nuka world came out. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, Hey, it's been five years. I don't know why for some people it's so far fetched that it can come out this year. Like I, I'm not even saying that in like an antagonistic way. Like I genuinely don't fucking understand why people are like five years. It needs more. It's like, well, yeah, I'd love to see Bethesda come out with a super, super polished title. But yeah. even internally, there's a point where you're like, we got to get this out and move on to the next thing. So I think yeah. 2021's the year. There's a chance it slips. A lot of people think that's like a, a covering of your ass for uh, for leaks in general. Like, you know, it may slip, so I'm never wrong. It's like, no, the idea is like QA and game development in general, but really QA, like the testing of these games, the rigorous testing they need, and especially big games, AAA games. Like I've talked to students who are in college who cannot test their game for their projects. You think a big studio can test theirs? That's kind of the problem. So that's why it may slip, is because they need time to test it. There they're, are they're QA people who are like bringing their rigs in and out of offices. Um, and obviously that stuff's gonna loosen up as more people get vaccinated, and that's great. Uh, but right now that's not the case. So that's why they, it can slip. Overall uh-huh. though, with its leaks and, you know, we've seen a recent one where they had a survey on Bethesda's website saying, what intrigues you most and they're like creating your character building your own home or building your own spaceship and in games by the way they said they specified like in a game it's like okay so here are mechanics in starfield it's like that sounds okay it depends on what the focus is fallout Hmm. 4 really focused on building a lot and i think to uh an extent that took away from what makes fallout fallout it's not a bad mechanic i like it um but, you know, if Starfield, you can, like, build your own cities and get people to come there, kind of like Fallout 4. But what Fallout 4 was missing was, like, you didn't get, like, unique NPCs that could give you quests or that you can interact with that. If you invested time in building that place, there was a reward. So that was really inherently missing. So between that, space travel, like I'm just hoping for Bethesda Game Studios meets Mass Effect. Like, going to different planets, landing on them in this kind of open Bethesda Game Studios nature with the many races and political issues and good writing that is accompanied by a mass effect game and the cool weapons and technology like that's what i'm really hoping for um i'm hope I'm, i'm expecting since they are planning to release it this year i would say it's a pretty safe expectation to look for it at e3 i'm almost certain it's going to happen um just because not even if you don't want to take my word for it, I'm not talking to you guys, but just in general to like an audience, like if no one wants to take my word for it, like they just had a leak on their own website, by the way, like a Beth- like it was sourced directly from Bethesda and there was artwork of like uh, a watch which matched up with HUD from a gameplay screenshot leak and they had like all of these different types of assets leak, which came directly from Bethesda, but they looked like concept art and it was titled starfield, uh, breaker image or starfield breaker background image, something like that. Um, and breakers are, if you go onto Bethesda net and you inspect them, like you right click and hit inspect, uh, that's the title of their thumbnails for their articles on their own website. So it's like, clearly they're preparing a starfield breaker image to have a clickable article at the bare minimum. Hmm. It's like, Oh, huh. We're one month from E3. That's weird timing. Um, so could this have been for like years ago and came from a, a CDN and it slipped through? Maybe it's possible. I don't want to just fully confirm it, but like I'm I'm strongly expecting it. I would be very surprised if if, if in June we weren't like getting a teaser saying like, "Hey, we're going to talk more about this at E3." I'd be very shocked.
1: Well, Bethesda mm. are pretty good about like announcing their games, then showing their games, and then releasing the games in a short span of time. I mean, yeah. look at the Elder Scrolls um, Five. Like, that was a 12-month cycle between announcement, get to E3, show it off, get to mm. November, release. Um, obviously, they announced Starfield or teased it, and then nothing else. But then Fallout 4 was, like, announced at E3, show you the demo, release that year, six months later. Yep. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the same case here, get to E3, you know Starfield exists, here's what it looks like, here's how it plays, you get to play it November. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's released. So it wouldn't be a big, big um, surprise what i'm wondering though is it's been 10 years this november since the elder scrolls 5 and when the fuck are we going to get an elder scrolls 6 (laughs) like that was one of the most important games of all time one of the biggest games of all time and there's been no follow-up to it i just i don't understand how that wasn't a focus for bethesda and they've gone and done yeah 76 they've gone and done starfield like it's just i'm just blown away
2: absolutely yeah and it's almost admirable in a way because it definitely is a cow they could milk to, to Kingdom Come, man. They could just keep going and putting yeah, out other shows games. So I do admire that they didn't leap on it. But I do think a decade, and it will be way more than a decade, that uh, a, a wait for a new one. Uh, they kind of mismanaged that. And throwing a new IP in the mix, it makes me believe more and more that they're going to hand fall out off to someone. That's just speculation on my own behalf. But I do feel like yeah. someone else has to be because you can't just only do 76. I don't think that makes sense. Even if they do a new full out game, I don't think it'll take away from 76 as strongly as some people think it will um, give it time to breathe and grow. But yeah, I, I do think um, with Elder Scrolls, when it comes to six, I remember Todd Howard saying, um, I don't know his exact quote, but I know he said that for six, they didn't want to push it out because they had a very particular idea and they needed to wait for technology so to me that's exciting right Mm -hmm. that they didn't give me some half-baked idea for Mm -hmm. a new elder scrolls game they're like when we do this again we want to break the the internet kind of like we did with skyrim where there was like this immense hype and there was really no game in my opinion that we saw quite like it and you could see it influence design all over the place and as much as i love fallout elder scrolls it's kind of Bethesda's baby. They, they favored it. They absolutely do. You can just tell in the way they make each series. Um, like the way 76 came out versus elder scrolls online night and day. Like it wasn't even close. Like oh, elder yeah. scrolls was taken way better care of elder scrolls online. Wasn't that great at first, but with Tamriel unlimited, like it was, it's fire. It's a good game. Um, so my expectation is 2024, 2025, like in that year, uh, area, if all things go as we assume they will, um, but it could be longer. And my assumption of that is because they are implementing next-gen technology into it. And I fully anticipate it to just by, of course, it's, it's year of release, be a next-gen exclusive. Uh, we don't know if that's the case for Starfield yet. I haven't heard anything on that. Todd Howard said he was, like, open to it. And, like, they're making it for next-gen, but they're going to see if they can keep it on last-gen. So with, with Elder Scrolls, like, my expectations are for, through the roof for that. And I know some people were like, that's foolish but I mean, Bethesda, as much as I love them, they'll they'll never talk technology with you. They'll never be like, we're going to do this technological thing to blow you away. The fact that Todd Howard, of all people said, we need technology to do this thing is like, they're thinking of something big. I don't know what, mm. Mm. you know, like I, I think of the, 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 I wouldn't even say it's speculation, Bethesda kind of confirmed it themselves, um, through an image posted on their own Elder Scrolls Twitter account. Um, it's expected to be set in hammerfell and where the conflict takes place like there's a war brewing between multiple factions and it's you know of course you had the civil war of skyrim but like a full on war with like the thalmor the empire hammerfell trying to be independent it's like i'm expecting sky uh, elder scrolls 6 is big thing to be like huge fucking battles cuz elder scrolls yeah, online tries to do that with its syrdel pvp right like you're shooting weapons at each other and stuff and you're there's like of course player versus player in general but with elder scrolls 6 like i'm thinking like they're gonna have like destructible environment like sieges like i i really think they're gonna take that route because that's the only thing i can think of that i'm like yeah a
1: cool thing to to really focus on and be like your core selling point like mm -hmm. yeah, dragons in skyrim like that's a cool selling point but this is like no this is like full of medieval sieges battles
3: yeah yeah it's like it's the stuff
0: like you see in like total war but you're playing it in a first person perspective yeah. well almost yeah. sort of thing exactly that and it's yeah. like you've never Precisely. seen this done before um mm-hmm. which would be that'd be super compelling that not in the grand level no, yeah. yeah where you're like part of this battle and they've really got to work on this tech that allows you to simulate a real battle in real time mm-hmm. whilst you're on the ground being part of it it'd be very interesting
2: yeah i mean they showed a little dev diary of elder scrolls six and um I don't, are you, are you both familiar with like Shirley Curry? She's the, uh, Oh yeah. Skyrim yeah, yeah. grandma. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So they like scanned her into the game and I'm like, I don't know exactly what Bethesda's technology is for creating character models, but I mean, they were like doing a pretty realistic render of her to put her in game. And mm-hmm. while it was to celebrate elder scrolls and its history. And of course, um, you know, it was just to also bring attention to like them supporting Skyrim grandma and like, immortalizing her in that it was still like a moment of, oh my God, like that character model there looks better than anything I think I've seen from a BGS game. So mm. you you couple that maybe potential idea with how realistic it may end up looking. And, you know, that's what I'm truly excited for. No one knows anything about Starfield and how it looks, how it plays. We can speculate. We know there's gonna be crafting, building, all that stuff. But I'm hoping that Starfield presents a lot of new ideas to separate itself and it doesn't have like the far cry, um assassin's creed issue where you can feel the mm-hmm. dna of other games in this new ip but if anything like i don't know if it'll end up being good i i think elder scrolls 6 is going to be the big swing for for that company like they're gonna try yeah. to do some pretty like remarkable stuff compared to what they usually do yeah Fuck. i hope so i hope so yeah i, I hope so too expectations i mean after <sighs> yeah. being so yeah, this long long like
0: this way. needs to be another big big game and if it's just like a, a fallout 4 or you know it's gonna feel really like th- just not really near what i'm yeah, expecting like, did we wait for this and i was Absolutely. waiting for fallout 4 for a while like i fallout 3 was one of my favorite <laughs> games i loved that it was like my favorite rpg for such a long time and fallout 4 just oh, didn't yeah. do anything close to what i expected from the next fallout It just really
2: disappointed me and if
0: i got that with elder scrolls it yeah. would just yeah i don't know i don't know how i'd take that
2: yeah, hundred percent, and I yeah. I get that right. That's it. It would be it would be. I think it would be far more destructive of them than fucking up Fallout seventy six. Like I think it would be if they released mm-hmm. a, just a derivative, familiar product in Elder Scroll six. It would be way more like what are they doing? Like it ha it doesn't. Obviously, you want it to be amazing, but it has to be ambitious. It doesn't have to nail it and be incredible, but it has to like try really hard to do something. Yeah. Like Skyrim did, and like Oblivion did, and like Morrowind did. Like that's the D. That's the thing. It's the DNA of Elder Scrolls. They they try something pretty big each time, mm. and they've had a pretty good track record. You know, Daggerfall, Elder yeah. Scrolls 2 Like that that was a that game was fucking huge for its time. Like that was mm. a it was procedurally generated, but you had cities. Like you had a whole world you could roam, man. That was insane. I've mm. also speculated that not to go too on, far on about this, but like with um elder scrolls 6 i was thinking like hey maybe if they don't do wars like instead of just making it one region of the of Tamriel, it's like what if you could just go across Tamriel? and that's mm-hmm. like a pretty fucking bonkers idea but yeah and i think right. that's kind of like the the core of like elder scrolls online like that's what it's trying to do but mm-hmm. like, i can't help but think of that too and think man imagine if you're not just confined to one location but it's like a continent not an open world an open continent it's like well now mm. we're talking. Now we've got multiple open worlds to explore. Mm. That could be something else too. That'd be interesting. Also groundbreaking. So mm. we'll see. Yeah, definitely.
1: Fuck. Only time will tell. Yeah. Amazing. Um, well well, Maddie, thank you so much for joining us today. Um absolutely. on the As Always podcast. It's been awesome having you on and chatting to you, getting to know you. So yeah. like obviously we'll get you on again um if you're up for it. Um and uh yeah, no, thanks man, appreciate it
2: absolutely thank you for having me hope i didn't talk everyone's ears off too much um but yeah thank no, you for mate. having me it was a blast it. and i would love yeah, i'd love to come good. back whenever you uh whenever you're open we can we can start scheduling again you know let some new guests roll in and then i'll come in fresh and so <laughs> down whenever, man yeah
1: awesome sure. that's great awesome well yeah again appreciate you stopping by i know the audience will love you um and uh, yeah and thanks for you know joining our little little circle of the community and um yeah, no, until until next time. Um, and, of course, to everyone listening, go um, go support. We've got Maddie's links are all in the description. Um, if mm-hmm. you're checking this out on the Four Bills Network, go check out his videos. He's also over on Last Air Media um, with the Defining Duke podcast, so go check that out as well. Um, and support that and of course thank you to the great people over at patreon.com forward slash as always for supporting us if you like what we are listening to and you want you, bleh, I can't talk and you want to hear more head over to patreon.com forward slash as always for just $1 a month to get exclusive access to the best podcasts on the internet that's the Clubhouse podcast over 100 episodes to stream right now early access to the time of my show videos James puts out great perks and rewards as well including the $5 tier and up where you get to be on the credits of this podcast so here is this Massive list of mental names you will put out um, that I gotta thank so appreciate all these people for supporting us so we have once again a cereal bowl would make a better vessel. brick Avery Dobbs, Clark 53, Damien, Ferentino, Flash Paradox, Franco, Jesper Olsen, King Richard third, Real Kermit Cinema, Robbie, Ryan Hafer, Tristan Weaver, Viridian, Balsack 47, Eragon, Henry, Justin, Kimisaba, Game of Cream Pies, Lumistrad, Mario 5380, Ooga Booga, Chinga Booga, Tuga Mooga, Luga Suga Puga Ruga, Suga Zuga, Uga Is Tyler breaking up for anyone?
0: Is that just me? Yeah, I didn't want
1: to say anything because I heard Am I breaking up?
0: I wasn't sure if that was just on my end or whether that was Tyler.
1: Well, it's fine. The, my recording will be fine. My recording will be
0: fine. Okay, you just keep <laughs> yeah, cutting out for like 10 seconds at a yeah, time. Yeah, no, that's all
1: right. No. I'll, you'll, I'll, you'll know when I finish. You'll know when I finish. All, all right, finish. right, we'll just sit inside. Seth, S- Z- Zakarius, A.K. Kieran, Adam Sunling, Alfie Robert, Andy Kuhl, Angel of Harlem, Anonymous 1K, Big Dick, 666999, Ben Davis, oh. Ben Higgins is thankful for his stick brethren, Bendit is Biggest fucking virgin, Bodge, BQ Overlord, The Elder, Brian Ford, Christian0210, Chunky Malha, Connor Rose, Bully in the Alley, Emil Cat Borg, Evan the Kitty, Fishy, Furious Coco, Gene, Gimme a penis, Ginko Swag, God bless the visionary, Zach Schneider, Greenies Weenie, Greg Heffrey is the greatest character in all of... Hefley is the greatest character in all of fiction. Gwen Hughes, Harris, AK Bad Assassin, Hookie, Idiot Strength, Jack Nichols, Jack, DG1998, Jaden B. Bennett, Joe the founder of Scarab, PS, Try to Beat My Brotherhood, console Speedrun Record, Tyler, You Pussy, Josh Duvillier, Josh J. Anderson, Joshua Mora, Assassin, Christian Rowe, Kyle, Lady Litzomania, Liam, Luca, Louis de Leon, Master Bass, Max H., Milk Boy, Nick Miller, Auto1908, Otaku World 7, Owen Big Brain Brain, Philip Silwagon, Radok, Rav Jai, Samwise the Sassy, Son of a Bitch, O2 dogger Sparky Bucks Spectral Division Not the Assassin game Due to the Viking Saga flashbacks Also Damon 2 <laughs> The Blue Cow They call me gr- The Greeny bear, But Assassin Christmas Is Long Gone A.K. Connor Tim Allen TJFL Trajan Markion Young Tristan Oberfeld Walsh Winona Ryder A.K. Lindsay From Destination Wedding You Absolute Thilly Thothage And Zeppo Thank you Three of inches lads down this podcast
3: Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Matty, you've got a taste of chaos. You've just got a taste of <laughs> absolute <laughs> chaos. Do not hit stop for Yeah, Yeah. Um, yeah, no. So, um, yeah, thanks again. And um, we'll see you all next time for the next episode of the As Always podcast. Goodbye.
0: Bye.